Welcome to Snap, Crackle and Cheap Pops, the Pro Wrestling For You podcast. Here's your hosts, Daniel Terry, Chrissy Steele and Phil Woodvine. Hello and welcome to Snap, Crackle and Cheap Pops, a Pro Wrestling For You podcast. It's episode 36 in our journey looking back at Pro Wrestling For You past. Uh, I am Daniel Terry, the mouth on a stick for processing for you here with uh phil filthy woodvine did, owner. I, did i did i did i mouthful of mouthful mouth, of? mouth on a stick oh i i heard something completely different we need we need some brillo pads for your brain uh and ears um and chris money penny strong <laughs> hey 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 how are you both doing it's good. I looked up the last date of our last recording, and it was August the 18th. We last uh, we last did this. Look, I've been busy, right? It's uh, fine. It's <laughs> fine. I'm a busy man. It's like difficult to difficult. I mean, look, you managed to get me this week and next week. We're getting two weeks of recording. In. What's yes. going on? What's going on? You know, my my, my oh, schedule suddenly opened. You what? That's too much to fill in two weeks. I mean, there is that. I've also put my kiss of death on it. Something's going to come up now. Um, hopefully not. Uh, but yes, we are here. We are talking about the, uh, I want to say, yeah, fourth year of pro wrestling for you. Um, obviously, we've been through the first three. We are now in 2014. The end of the Silverdale showdown era. Yeah. Yeah, sort of like, yeah. Um, and, you know, we'll get on to obviously sort of like, you know, I want to talk to you a bit more about naming and sort of like, so obviously since the end of the Silverdale showdowns, you've kind of gone, you've had a theme for your posters per se year on year. Sort of, they've had a styling. Uh, it's fair to say the names have been interesting puns. Yeah. I'd, I'd say that there's always a method to the madness, which is a title of one, of our, one of our shows. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the only show I've named after myself. Let me just state. Um, so no, I, I'm sorry, but I, I sincerely disagree because I definitely think a night of tinsel and tights is definitely named after you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but we'll get on to that next episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Silverdale Showdown. So, I mean, were you at the beginning of this year? I do what kind of want to ask. Did you have an idea? Because obviously you book the shows in advance um, to a degree. Were you booking into 2015 at this point, or were you just still looking at 2014? You had the dates, you were still, were you, how organized mm. were you by this point in your fourth year of being a promoter? Yeah, well, we're wanting to make sure because like March had become like our anniversary. Um, kind of how like WrestleMania is always at the end of March, starts at the start of April. I wanted March, the very start of March, to be Person Fuse anniversary each and every year. I don't want to deviate and do Februarys and uh, Aprils and that sort of thing. So yeah. these would these would have been, I think, I booked three shows um, while in advance because Silverdale at this point used to book up really far in advance. So I'd probably have to book it maybe by June the year before. Um, book three shows in. I don't know why we didn't do a fourth there, which seems a bit strange by today's comparisons. But yeah, we just booked three in and then we we stuck another little cheeky one in at the end. Fair play. Fair play. Uh, so, I mean, let's get cracking into it. Uh, obviously, we do have to have a disclaimer. Uh, we will be mentioning some names that were um, rightfully um, brought to the four in the speaking out movement um we can't change the fact that they're a part of our past but we can ensure that no one like that is a part of our future and that is something that person for you is 100 committed to doing um so with that it started and um, now 
Silverdale Showdown 6 on the 7th of March, your fourth year anniversary. I'm going to read out the name of this match because I think if you told me this is an announcer that this was like sort of the match name, I would go, what? <laughs> the World G Cup 2014 semi final four way elimination match. Yes. What? <laughs> um... I feel this needs a little bit of explanation. Oh. Like a lot of promoters go through similar mindsets. Like I've been around um, like new promoters. Like uh, I'm, I'm up at Unstoppable Wrestling uh, every month or so, and I'm seeing that he's he followed the same pattern. And I've been around other promoters all follow the same pattern. You start trying to go, okay, well, what, what can we do different? And then you look in certain areas. And I was looking at TNA's um, World X Cup, and I just thought that's quite cool. Um, I love the idea of do, of having like an international flavor because. There's yeah, other promotions in Stoke, and no one was really bringing any kind of international vibe. And there was a lot of what we'd probably call all-star style wrestlers on the circuits at the time. So very obvious. Some you'd probably call them stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Brian Dixon was famous for using you know, sort of stereotypical wrestlers. You, you, you know, if, if you're Asian, chances are you're going to bring a prayer mat to the to the ring. If you're French. You're going to put some onions around your neck. Like, yeah. yeah, Leaning into the cliches a little bit too much. Yeah, a bit too much. And I thought, well, there's loads of characters out there that do represent countries. And you don't have to go to that extreme to kind of bring them to the front. And I thought, well, let's do that. I mean, was it a World Cup 2014? uh, I believe it would have been a World Cup, yeah, because it's a World Cup this year and 2018. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's me looking into sports, go sports, and thinking, (laughs) you know what, let's bring a bit of that. Because if people are searching for World Cup kind of stuff, you can't use the world, the the names World Cup, obviously FIFA owns it and whatever. And we learned a lot about that in the the company that uh, we, well, we worked at down here. We were learning about copyright and all in trademarks and whatever. And I was like, okay, World G Cup, we can get away with that. They're never going to come after us for that. So, yeah, so World X Cup mixed in with the World Cup. A lot of uh, a lot of the talent I've seen at uh, like places like House of Pain, United Wrestling. I was like, you know what? Fuck it, we'll do. We can get at least eight guys, um, all with different countries. So yeah, fuck it, why not? Fair play. And again, so so, so this was the idea was that each wrestler was pre- representing a country. Yeah. So, uh, so easy easy to, yeah. So Damien Dunn represents. He's from Birmingham, so he's, an, okay. he's a nice England fit. Uh, Edwards, American, so again, American yeah, fit. And he lives here. We don't have to like fly him in or anything like that. Um, Morgan Webster was used to travel with Damien Dunn because he's part of the whole Defend Indie Wrestling. Um, and he's Welsh. Again, perfect. Perfect, yeah. And uh, a guy I met a house of pain that had uh, been recommended to me via Mark Lawler, Jugan, like Mark Lasek, Jugan Man, Man of a Thousand Names, uh, representing named Guise representing France. So we had okay. yeah, four, four different countries. Nice. Uh, and uh, Damien Dunn, the... Uh, in- I suppose you're saying English rather than British, aren't you? If you're kind of like representing an individual country. Uh, defeated them. Yeah, and Damien did come out with the Union Jack rather than an England flag. He didn't... He, he promised me he had an England flag, but... So then you um, had... You know, an English guy with a Brit flag against a Welsh guy with a Welsh flag is it, it, it's a bit strange, but yeah. it, it, it yeah. worked. Yeah, that, that's me nitpicking, just being like, mm, could have done a bit better, but yeah. 
I mean, that's fair. But, uh, so obviously, was it kind of like very much kind of playing to the, the home crowd? We are in England, so having the Englishmen win. Yeah, and it, it, made, it made sense because I think we were aiming for... Because uh, I know the finish of this entire sort of World G Cup just got shit on and changed and we just kind of had to bungle it together. So I don't remember what the original idea was for or mm. who the original people were going to go through to, to win it was. But I know we wanted a... I think we wanted like a face and a heel in the end and then they face off and then they face whoever the G6 champion is at the time. Yeah, but, but looking yeah, looking ahead, I'm, I'm assuming see uh, the Silver Shadow 7 and we'll get to this, the four-way elimination match that I opened with, I'm assuming that is the other semi-final? Yeah. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So yeah, so for hometown crowd, uh, England guy going over, yeah, it made made lots of sense. Geese uh, was a bit, a bit of a strange dude. I spoke to Mark uh, Lasek, Lola, Jürgen, 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 whatever you want to call him, um, during this podcast. And I think he was one of the recommended geese. And I said, oh, where is he? I've not heard from him for ages. He said he's just doing his own thing. He's just just not into wrestling anymore. It's like, oh, it's a shame. Because, yeah, yeah he's, he's a good guy. Quite quiet, but nice enough. Morgan Webster's Morgan Webster. I mean, he's a fantastic guy. Yeah. Uh, Edwards isn't actually American, but no one would ever be able to tell. If you if you listen to him, you wouldn't be able to tell. Americans wouldn't be able to tell. He's that convincing. Fair play. Um, and obviously, yeah, Damien done nice. So, yeah, Birmingham boy, he talked all made sense. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, there we go. Uh, obviously, following that, you had a, a, a old staple of pros and fewer by this point. Um, Keith Myatt uh, and Joseph Connors in a singles match. Was there any um, story in terms of the putting together of this one was it kind of a follow-on from previous yeah, years? Yeah, this is more um, like 2012, 2013, a hangover of those shows. Because like yeah. I didn't, I didn't have a network. Yeah, you know, I was still using what I had at BWA, United Wrestling slash WWA. And Josie Connors was always lovely to me, so carried on, continued to him. Obviously, Keith's still with us today. Um, yeah, this, this was a, a bit of a, a throwback to that kind of booking because. You can see all these new names coming in, all these new ideas coming in. That sort of weird and wonderful is taking form and it's taking hold. We're slowly becoming the Monty Python of professional wrestling. But there's still going to be some of that old hangover. It's whatever brought you to the dance, you still want to keep hold of that. So I had about pulling these two guys against each other was a bit of a throwback to that. Yeah, but you know, a bit of a no-brainer again. Sort of like, you know, they know each other, work with each other well. Makes perfect sense. Uh, obviously, Keith Myatt winning. Um, we then had a tag team title tournament semi-final match. Uh, and again, similar to, by the looks of it, again, sort of like you went with a very, for 2014, is it fair to say a tournament-based theme? Again, assumedly pulling from World Cup tournament that was on yeah. at the time. Uh, so the first semi-final in this one, second semi-final in the next show, final in, in Showdown 8. Uh, so, yeah. Um, what again was was it this literally just again direct almost like copy paste of the the World G Cup in terms of its format? Yeah, pretty much. It, it's um, it kind of fallen at a really good time. So we'd started using um, a brand new ring for this show. As you remember, on the last show that we reviewed, Showdown Five, is where the ring collapsed. Yes, the, the special ring was that the one that you put through a window? No, that was the first ever show, wasn't it? That you put yeah. something through a window of a car. This, yeah. this is the one that yeah, me and Chris would just. Together with, with and hoping tape. that yeah, that was it. Yeah, so we had um, a guy called Farron, who you both know, who we had for for years and years. 
Uh, we've got a really good deal with him. And he happened to mention that he's thinking of either getting a cage or an Ultimate X setup for the ring. And I, I wanted to do tag teams anyway, because um, it makes sense to do that. And I thought, yeah. perfect. So even though you know, just doing the World G Cup tournament, it's nice, but let, let's do two at once. Let's get firing on all cylinders. Why just do one? If we're only going to do four shows in a year, we need to double down on ideas. So two tournaments running at the exact same time. Makes sense, makes sense. Uh, and you had uh, the the match uh, XXL versus Battle Squad Awesome. Yeah. Now, uh, Battle Squad Awesome, we, we've seen before. Danny Chase and uh, yep. Dave Andrews. Fantastic. Great. Super over baby faces. Now, Double um, XL was an idea that I had back in my BWA days. I was in a tag, I was part of a managing a tag team called Double XL. It was me. And a guy called Bear, and a guy called Marcus Maximus. Now, when I split from BWA, I look at that like that's my fucking idea. I'm taking that with me. They continue to use it, which no beef of Mark or Bear about using it. Yeah, yeah. But I just didn't want BWA having anything to do with me. I didn't want to have anything to do with them. And so I thought, fuck it, I'm going to use it. And uh, by this point, BWA had folded, and they were just never seen from or heard from again. So I thought, fuck it, it's my idea. I can do it. So I started speaking to Barricades because I didn't really have an idea for him. I put him with a guy called Jack Birchall. And I thought, you know, two big, like, cumbersome wrestlers, make them into a tag team. And it, it will, it kind of writes itself, especially against smaller guys like Battle Squad Awesome. Now, I've got a little tidbit for you, Daniel. <laughs> tidbit. I'm sticking with it. It is tit or nothing. <laughs> um, when I was pitching them both the ideas, I said, look, we need, we need a name. Because I already had Double XL on the back of my head. I just, I just wanted to see what they'd say. Yeah. And then I'd, I'd steamroll them and say, no, nah, we're not doing that. It's going to be Double XL. So, and they came they came up with the idea to, to be called the uh, the Devil's Disciples. That's wrestle crap at its best. I was going to say, I mean, yeah. Like, you mean just alliteration, first and foremost. It's like, ugh. Alliteration, you want to be heels, so therefore you give some kind of like, you know, satanic reference. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 obvious, isn't it? It's it's so yeah. one dimensional. Like, ugh, I was like, no, we're not doing that. This is what it's gonna be. Um but they, they didn't actually stay together that long. Yeah, for okay. whatever reason, uh Virtual became a bit sort of difficult to get hold of and chose. And I think we actually switched him out for Don Micho, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um but yeah, so uh, obviously we didn't know that at the time. But yeah, made made a brand new tag team and put them against a formidable already tag team. Okay. Uh, da -da -da. I'm just trying to find where that tag team title match happened. Uh, okay. Yeah, there we are. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So yeah, and again, XXL defeating Battle Squad. Awesome. Um, you know, big guys steamrolling was it was it uh a, 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 was it in terms of i mean i i always think it's very sort of like you know difficult to to kind of as a wrestler sort of like you know big guys versus smaller guys is always a very difficult match because you are somewhat limited in terms of what you can do and get away with have, have you found any kind of when you're putting like sort of like very different sized people against each other have you found any kind of like you know, issues with that what's what's been your final best kind of tonic to kind of remedy that in some ways um it, it's easy as long as the bigger guys are heels like yeah yeah that david versus goliath that setup has been used time and time and time again you got 
even though you could say yeah, Hulk Hogan, Andre, I mean, Hulk's a good 6'6", six, six, but it's yeah, still but, that. But you know against I mean? Andre, it's like, yeah, fair. Yeah, and like as long as it's that way round, you're fine. It's when it's the other way that the baby face is much bigger than the heel. It's like, mm, we, we need a, we need a bit of a workaround at this point. We need to, to try something. But now, for the most part, it's relatively easy. You just tell the David versus Goliath story. You tell the big guys, don't let them take take you off your feet that easily. Make them work for it. So when the crowd finally sees you taking off your feet, they go, fucking yes. And off to the races you go. It's relatively simple. Have you ever done any kind of, I suppose, Goliath versus David matches in your time? Have you ever kind of like booked in like that, or have you purposely steered away from it for that exact reason? Um, Asking you the questions you're not expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long time since I've used my brain. I'm not going to lie. Um, sort of. I mean, we're we talking 38 years. 37 and three quarters. <laughs> Um, it's it sort of falls into that category when we had uh, yeah, Big T versus uh, Dave Davecchio, something like that. Because Dave, yeah. Dave's a big guy anyway. Obviously, no one's as big as Big T. Yeah. So yeah, so you you've got to play it a bit differently. You've got to like find a way to take the big guy down. Like typically, you jump him before the match has started. Yeah, you yeah. cheat right off the back before you can lose. Play a little bit. Ta- yeah, yeah. Ta- yeah. Tried and tested. It works almost every time. Yeah. There we go. So I thought I thought I'd just you know sort of test your test your brain a little bit, sort of like throw three questions out there. I like uh, I, I like I like kind of making you think. It's fun. Um, it doesn't happen often. Uh, so next one now, <laughs> bastard. Of course. Now I'm going to say sort of like you know I don't I don't think it's very often. And again, I've I've not done shows. I'm I'm, I'm still not kind of like involved in Pro View at this point in 2014. I think I want to say it was. A, 2016 I got involved wasn't it because I think I joined yeah our previous workplace at the end of 2015 and it was kind of halfway through 2016 I got involved so it's a couple of years before me but I can't think off the top of my head and I could be wrong because my memory is awful of a time when you've had a tag team match following a tag team match um yeah I'm willing to bet that this show is free intermission free okay rather than four which would make, yeah four. which would which uh, for intermission two yeah which, which would make sense oh yeah 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 um, so this would have started out yeah, the, the second half. So even though the tags are back to back, there's still that interval the in between. Break. So, okay, I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that 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 makes more sense. Uh, again, I'm just so used to our kind of like four intermission, one raffle, one. Yeah, uh, yeah but that's fine. Okay, so you had uh, Jenna and Rick Van Damage against Paul. Uh, oh no, every time, every time, one job. Aylan, yes. Uh, and Violet Vendetta. One job, and yeah. I got it right. Yes. So at I'll this point, it. Paul Malin is still our sort of money in the bank uh, case winner, but only up to this show, because I think he won it the year previously, so we wanted to keep it. Um, you've got to use it within a year, you know, the old cliche. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Violet and Jenna, would, like, there's certain people that have just got really good chemistry. Mm. Now, Violet and uh, Jenna were really, like they were made to wrestle each other, because... They both had really good characters, um, and just they, they just worked really well together. It didn't look like there was any weak link there, so it was fantastic. Now, there's no footage of this show. There's bits and PCs, but this is one of those. The footage got Corrupt. lost, yeah. corrupted, whatever. Um, but there, there's an infamous picture of Violet Vendetta over Van Damage's knee, and Van Damage is spanking her along to the crowd. Oh, dear. Um... Bless her. Bless her. Uh, Violet was f- completely fine with this, let me just yeah. state. 
I mean, I, Violet slash uh, Anna Pat, sort of, yeah, I'm, I'm very much sort of like believe, you know, if, if she wasn't okay with something, she would say. Uh, and, I, think it's her, I think it's her idea. I, that also wouldn't surprise me to a degree. Um, but again, I will say sort of like, you know, any sort of like, you know, younger wrestlers listening to this, if you're not okay with a spot, say. If you're not comfortable with doing something, say. You know, there's, there's, don't do something for the sake of doing something. Yeah, sort of like you know, you know, have you? You are allowed boundaries. You are allowed your own limits within what you are willing to do in in wrestling. Yeah, stick to them. Respect yourself. That's all I ask. Enough of that. Enough of my high horse. Um, yeah, one, one, one thing to notice: this is 2014, right? Now we did. I don't know if we called this an intergender match. It's just a tag match, you know. Yeah. With I, I mean, we we did use the word. I I hate the word intergender. Just just wrestlers. It's a tag match. Yeah. Why, why, why split, yeah, split hairs? Just, yeah. And this is 2014, so what's that, sort of six, seven years ago? Seven, eight years? Whatever? Eight years ago. Like, yeah. we're, like we're ahead of the curve at this point, because mm. this, this was a fantastic match. Really good. Fan Damage looked like a million bucks. The guy looked like a movie star. Uh, Paul Malin, the, the vet, you wouldn't get a better match out of anyone. Yeah. Violet, um, like, great character. Jenna, great character. Just... You can't lose four great people, four great performers. You can't indeed. And speaking of winning, uh, I just want to say if uh, you know if you are listening to this and you happen to hop over to the Pro Wrestling for You Facebook page, uh, you can see uh, Violet Vendetta uh, holding the uh, up for grabs, I believe, on the next show in March. I want to say the yep. new Pro Wrestling for You title belt, which looks, speaking of you know a million dollars, it looks absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, so if, if you are listening to this, again, sort of hop over to any pro wrestling for your social media, that picture's on there. That have a look at that belt because it is just beautiful. Absolutely. Um, anyway. Uh but yeah, again, sort of like you know, you had Jenner and, and uh I am trying to avoid calling him R V D, even though my brain goes, shorten it. Puts like yeah. no, can't. Rick Van Damage <laughs> um, defeating them. Uh so again, obviously I uh I want to say that uh Paul Malin and Violet would have been the heels in that instance, so sort of like nice little face win to open the second half. Yeah, I think Jenna probably would have pinned Violet. Okay. Makes sense. Keep, keep, keep keeping Paul Malin strong, ready for what he's gonna do during the um during the ending of this one. I think it actually is. Yeah, it is. Ooh. Uh now I will say, sort of like if he does something at the end of this one. What I I can't see that on on this information, so that entirely is 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 with you, which I'm I'm curious about, uh, and obviously again setting up sort of like you know a match for the next show between Jenna and Violet, which again we'll get to when we get there. Um, then we had uh, a pretty strong ending to a show, double title match, so uh, G6 match first of all, uh, followed by the Proton for you title, um, Max Angelis in the G6 uh, against Mark Morgan. Uh, yeah, Mark so Morgan at this point, uh, the current title holder. Yeah, so we, we talked about this on the last show. I've managed to kind of like get me sort of ducks in a line so I kind of know where I am on this one. Good. Now, um, I'm glad someone does. Ma yeah, Max got there quite early to the show. So, Max, really professional guy, he got a really good head on his shoulders. He got there quite early to the show. I was, I was explaining what had happened with Mark, saying like he didn't show on the last show. And he tagged him, he got tagged in the Manchester German market, Christmas market, whatever. Yeah. Bit peed bit peed off with him. I don't know if he's gonna show today or if something's gonna come up. And Max said, Look, why why bother with this stress? Put the bat onto me, I'll drop it to whoever you want me to drop it to, whenever you want me to drop it, and then just give him a give him a bit of 
maybe give him a bit of time off and just let him think about it. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. That's exactly what we're going to do. And this is about 5 p.m. to two hours before show opens. Okay. I said, you know what, Max? You're right. And we let you just change it then. And I wish I'd have moved it up the card, like to first half main event, perhaps something like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it is what it is. So uh, Max takes the uh, the G6 off Mark Morgan. Now, people hear that and think, oh, well, it's been a bit shady. He's just taken the bow off someone. It, I, I didn't know then what I know now. Yeah. Y- you learn, you can trust people a bit different. But I didn't know if Mark was going to show up because Mark sometimes could be his own worst enemy. Yeah, he's got his own demons. Um, and Mark wasn't the Mark of now. So it's was, it was, it was a difficult one for Mark showing up. At least if he drops the ballot, he can sort whatever he needs to sort out. And then if we need to get him back down the line, which I think it's within two shows we've gone him back, it makes sense. Yep. Cool. This, this is what we'll just do. Okay. And also, again, sort of like, you know, it also, again, sort of like for those who maybe know a bit more recent-ish pros and view history, kind of like freed him up from sort of like, you know, that title to be able to go sort of like towards the tag um sort of like you know and, and be quite a prominent figure there for a while so in in many ways it worked out yeah absolutely yeah. uh indeed um, so now i'm assuming that when you're saying setting paul Malin up for what happened later that that is what happened in this match so all i know is that it was a title match between wild boar and babyface pitbull yeah so again this is that davy versus goliath you always want to stack the odds and the heels favors so yeah. for 90% of the matches, Wild Boar is Babyface Pitbull chucking each other around like you wouldn't believe and just having an absolute crazy time, just as you'd imagine those two would do. Yeah. Um, Malin attempts to cash in like he's done on the on the previous shows. And usually chickens out before he actually gets cashed in. Yeah. And that's just how it is. Now, at this point, obviously, with no footage, I'm kind of going off picture evidence of whatever I can remember. Um, Malin attempts to cash in. He tries to sort of check it out. I mean, the ref doesn't let him. He says, you've got to cash it in today. It essentially turns on a two-on-one match. Right. And Pitbull ends up losing his case. Sorry, Pitbull ends up losing his championship to the Wild Boar. Okay. Thanks to Paul Malin's uh, intervention. Because I think it looked like Pitbull was going to win. That's when Malin enters. Yeah. And it's essentially a two-on-one match. Okay, okay. Fair enough. So, obviously, Malin kind of, like, you know, loses his challenge per se as well. Sort of, like, you know, doesn't get the title himself. Um, and you have a title change. So, you end up with a double title change uh, at the end of uh, at the end of your fourth anniversary show, as it was. Yeah, and as much as I, I said, like, I wish I'd have moved the G6 uh, change earlier on, if you just sat there and you just see one belt change, what do you think is like the least thing that's going to happen in the very next match? You think there's it never another time? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's not something you see. It's a nice little kind of uh, oh by the way. <laughs> yeah, someone some might look at that and say, oh, you you took a bit of meaning away from the world championship change. I could argue that if you condition your crowd to expect the unexpected, yeah. then I think that's a better commodity. And again, sort of like, you know, that idea of kind of like, you know, mailing having a hand in it, sort of like, you know, essentially becoming a 2v1 with a title change happening because of that, but also him losing his his challenge. Um, yeah, I, I, as, if, as a as an audience member, I would see no issue with that. I would I would very much kind of like enjoy that kind of little little story within a story, I suppose you could say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, the first Silverdale showdown under your belts, uh, you know, sort of like we, we move on. Oh, sorry. Where I 
It's all right, mate. It's where I can sort of agree to that because I was still getting into wrestling at this point. Yeah. And this was my first anniversary with the company. And it was so fascinating to see how the stories panned out. Like, I was still getting into the whole thing. I still understand things. I didn't know how it was going to pan out at that point because I didn't do what I do now with the company. Yeah. I was behind the curtain, so I would just see the odd thing happen. And I, it, me, at that point, who wasn't that into wrestling, was fully engaged. I mean, that, that, that's... Someone who's not engaged, who's not a, a fan. To a fan. Can I, can I, can yeah. I just ask, am, am I back? My, my internet just went off. Yeah, as, as far as I'm aware, you never left. You were just waving at your phone randomly. Um, oh, okay. So, so we, we, had no, we had no internet in the house for two days, so I think it might... Virgin Media is still being hit and miss, but yeah, no, we're all good. Yeah, no, you throw it for a second, that was it. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, and, and, and again, I will say sort of, you know, little kind of like, you know, tidbit uh, of information from sort of like, you know, my time working with Phil as a work colleague as well as, you know, alongside Proson for you uh, was always the fun of kind of like, you know, uh, on on lunch breaks at work when he'd bring out a a notebook and go right what do you think of this and kind of have sort of like you know lots of little storylines planned out and i think of all those little storylines and this is the thing i love maybe one of them comes to actually sort of like you know the show itself because they just change so kind of like the idea kind of like changes so frequently and the knock-on effect is always as as a performer i appreciate scripting and i appreciate kind of like you know consequence and sort of like you know if you if you have one person doing this and it has consequences later down the line in terms of how the crowd will perceive them for this match and this and sort of like seeing that knock-on effect of kind of like planning a promotion uh yeah all power to you phil i uh i i could not do it would not do it no thanks cheers no <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna have to ask did you create a an excel spreadsheet this christmas just gone for your uh, christmas dinner no oh okay did you just do it on the fly or did uh, the other half cook uh, no, I cooked. Uh, we had a HelloFresh, so I didn't need to create an uh, Excel spreadsheet because I had a um, step-by-step booklet, which I'd read through several times and kind of already had the planning, uh, as well as any kind of like notes I'd made on the actual uh, recipe cards in terms of things I would do differently in order and what times things needed to go in and what oven they would go in and what pub they would go in and sort of when I needed uh, to. I, I was very prepared, but it wasn't with an Excel spreadsheet this time. I'm, I'm not angry, Dan. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Look, don't, don't don't hate the player. Hate the spreadsheet um but anyway uh <laughs> like what oven it goes in yeah how many ovens do you have uh well uh i was preparing at um my other half's parents house and they had uh two ovens so what just top top and bottom oven uh well, obviously one that can double up as a grill if needed but it can also be a, a it's also an oven so it was it was useful to have those two things one for the turkey and the meats and then sort of like one to rotate in and out the veg and etc it was great there you go, pressing for you fans. You've just uh, you just heard it from the horse's mouth as it is. Dan is the most anal, most overly planned, overly scripted person in the world. I I couldn't. That's to me. I it's made me sweat the idea of having to plan that much. I, I just stick it all in and then just adjust on the fly. You know what the best thing is though, when it comes to show days, I'm probably the least scripted. <laughs> My, I'll give you that. My, my script is literally, if, if anyone sort of sees me, I'll, I will have cards in my hand. All those cards say is um, literally what match it is, if it's a title match. Uh, ITTO, which stands for Introducing to the Ring, <laughs> ITTR, um, the the name is sort of like, you know, of who it is, uh, ATO or AHO or sort of like, you know, for, and their opponents and his opponents 
and her opponents, and then the name of the other one, and that's it. That's all I script. Everything I come up with after the match, before the match, in between, at the beginning, is entirely ad-libbed. <laughs> the only other thing I write down is a cue card to remind me that it's the raffle next, and a cue card at the end to remind me when the next show is, because I'm terrible with remembering dates. So you, you could cook a person on the fly, but you can't cook a turkey on the fly. Is, exactly. is that what, is yeah, that's what you're what I'm saying. Yeah, 100%. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, strange I, I, segue. I, I, can, I can roast a fall on the uh, on the microphone quite easily. Um, <laughs> don't pull that Same to a test. No. Um, so the next Silverdale Showdown 7, lucky number 7, uh, on the 6th of June 2014 at Silverdale Working Men's Club. Um, the second half of the... I mean the the the, the, the name the name on this one uh, the, world, the World G Cup 2014 semi-final tournament elimination match. Um, so four-way yeah. elimination match this time with again a, assumingly a different four countries. Now I'm going to attempt to guess the countries that were involved. First two I feel are easy: Jürgen Heimlich, Germany. Yep. Pyro, Japan. Yep. The Mighty Zukov, Russia? Yep. Ryan Hendricks, I'm going to say Ireland. No. Scotland? No. Where? Jamaica. Fair enough. I was miles off. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's got dreads, right? So this is where we, we were struggling. I, I imagine we had someone else in mind. And I was speaking to Ryan. Now, Ryan Hendricks is one of the nicest guys in the world so chilled just an absolute godsend of a human being and he was he was saying look i'm i'm, I'm in manchester you've got a manchester car um can we do can we do any business together and i said yeah of course i, I i'm struggling to know what to do with you so I, i'm sat i'm looking at my booking sheets i'm looking at my notebooks and all this sort of stuff and he he looks the the, the sort of jamaican part he's got big dreads he kind of likes that sort of look he's very chilled and i was like mate Hear me out, and I just watched Cool Runnings. Okay, <laughs> I, said, I see. I said, look, if we if we said to people that you're not from Jamaica, but you're definitely influenced by Jamaica, it was like, I was like, can you get a Jamaican flag? He's like, mate, I've already got one. I was like, done. <laughs> Match made in heaven. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you had Germany, Japan, Jamaica, and Russia. Yeah. So first, you know, first, first, first part of the tournament, very kind of almost like home countries, kind of like sort of like very sort of like you know familiar countries. This one obviously going a little bit more on kind of like on on the limb in terms of like the stretch of where the countries are. Um, and man of many names comes up trumps. Yeah, um, little tidbit, thank you. From this match, I'm pretty certain. So Zukov kind of fell into the same. Uh, sort of uh, same, into the same sort of context as Guise from the last from the show before, whereas right. he was a House of Pain guy. It was very funny and he was very animated. Everyone called him Gherkin. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because he looked like a Gherkin, smelled like a Gherkin. Et. He's that, Maybe he that, just liked Gherkins, yeah. Yeah, he, like, there's, there's always that one in McDonald's that's like, give me your Gherkins. You're like, oh, you dirty bastard. I know. Like, Maybe that was why I don't know, but I'm pretty certain at some point he stamps on I think I don't know if it's Pyro's face to try and just give him like a bit of a stomp on the head, gets yeah. him in the nose, and I think he pops pops oh, his nose. Okay. I could be wrong. I might need to go back and try to find whatever footage I can of this, but that would seem to be correct. 
Ooh. Yeah. Uh, very very heavy footed. Nice guy, but very heavy footed. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Okay. I mean yeah, again it happens sort of like, you know, he's it's it's a very physical form of entertainment and, and acting, and sometimes these things do happen, you know. Yeah. It, it only takes a couple of millimeters of misjudgment for something like that to happen. So it's fine margins. It's fair. Um, and again, I think everyone appreciates that. Yeah, at the time they might not, but I'm sure everyone looking back probably goes, "Yeah, I've probably done something fairly similar to someone else in my time." Um, I've got to say, as, as in your time as a wrestler, have you ever accidentally sort of like you know left one a bit too heavy on somebody? You're looking at me or Chris? Chris is 23 seconds. Chris is. Tw- I mean, Chris is 23 seconds. He was left heavy on. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard from Chris's wife that he's very heavy on for 23 seconds. So. Uh... <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I see that you're avoiding this question quite well with some good deflection there, Mr. Filthy. Uh, don't think I haven't. Don't think I haven't noticed that. Um, I, I don't like when, like, when I, like managers for me, Bobby Heenan and Jim Cornette, Paul Heyman. You always had a gimmick. You know what I mean? Like a phone, a tennis racket, uh, a megaphone. You know what I mean? They always had something that they could fucking clunk someone over the back of the head with it. And I never liked when managers would get physical yeah and especially because I'm, I'm yeah I'm, I'm not a huge well-built guy or anything but i'm six foot one and a fairly biggish guy and typically whoever i represented was either a similar size or maybe a fraction smaller and so i didn't like the idea of me punching or kicking someone so i always thought managers look better when they do really underhanded things like choking and like leaning on their throat with one of your feet Rather than kicking them or punching them, so no, I've I've never ish hurt anyone. Now this is not my fault. Okay. Um, BWA two thousand eight, two thousand nine. One of the I think it may have been the first indoor show I did. Might be the second, but at least that. And the finish was that I was to hit someone. I I had, I've got proper brass knocks, solid. Yep brass knocks not gimmick not fake not player and the idea was to use them during the show so yeah the refs distracted i jump up i hold my knocks on my hands the heel runs the face into me the face does a switch the heel takes him in the top of the head i'm like oh my god i've hit my own guy and we lose blah 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 whatever and that was that was the finish and i'd kind of I said, yeah, it's fine. I've got, I've got him on, on the end of my fist. And the guy that was taking the shot, a guy called Dean, was like, mm, yeah, I don't know. Because like, he's running into them. It's not like I'm sticking him with me. I'm just going to pop my arm out and yeah, he'd run yeah. into it. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, so it's kind of in his hands how, yeah. how and, much but, he takes it. But I think he was like a bit overthinking. He told me, I don't really want to run into some nooks. He says, mate, do me a favor. If you put them on the tips of your fingers like that, like a I don't yeah. know what, what it's like a karate pose, but yeah, tips on your fingers, and then the last second pull them in. I'll just run into your fist instead, yeah, and, not, and you, your nooks have been pulled in. I was like, all right, mate, cool, whatever you're cool with. Now I've got one big Neanderthal knuckle on on each hand. It's true, and it, like the, the the middle finger one sticks out like anything, and so when I kind of pulled him in, he ran into that Neanderthal knuckle of mine, and it came up on this massive egg in the middle of his forehead we get backstage <laughs> and uh, and and i said i'm new i'm two years in the business i'm looking around at paul malin in the match going paul is that okay because he's the vet 
Paul, I said, oh, is that okay? Yeah, man, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Dean comes back through, and I'm like, Dean, are you okay? He's like, you should have fucking hit me with a nox, you twat. <laughs> I was like, well, it's not mine. You told me you. I, that's all you. That is, mate. So yeah. uh, fair enough. Like, yeah. like, like I say, these things happen. Sort of like with all the planning and sort of like you know, sort of you know, risk aversion in the world. These things will happen in this industry. It's just, it's a, what's what's the words I'm looking for? Hazards hazards of the occupation, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, sort of like, yeah you, you try and you try and avert the risk as much as you can. Sometimes someone's going to run into a knuckle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, indeed, so Jürgen Heimlich takes the win in the four way. Uh, you then have the uh, I want to say second uh, tag team title tournament semi final match. I'm so glad I wasn't announcing at that time. That much alliteration would kill me. Um, just good mates uh, against the council. Yeah, so um, I think also with the sort of World G Cup, we would I wanted to you know, I'd book guys for the year. So I'd say yeah. to say Morgan Webster and Damian Dunn, uh, Hendricks, uh, Jurgen Pyro, yeah, lots of those guys. These are my shows for the year. I have a couple of bookings rather than just booking one, one show at yeah. a time. Here's a couple of bookings. So once um, um, you know, sort of Damian Dunn had uh, already sort of won the sort of you know, world. Uh, G Cup qualifier the, the, the month before. I wanted to use him again on this show. And I thought, well, he's already gone through to the G6 finals, if you want to call it. It's, it's where there's a bit of a weird crossover because it doesn't make as much sense. Yeah. And him and Morgan Webster, great mates. Uh, well, just good mates, I suppose. And yeah. I, I said, look, can we, can we tag you guys up? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, well, because you, you like, and they said it because I was in a message with them both. I was like, because like it makes sense. You people can see your best mates, and they both went, "Well, we're not really best mates. We're just kind of like just just really good mates, I suppose." And I was like, "That's it. That that's what it should be. You'd just, just good be. mates." Yeah. So then it's almost it's so downplayed. You know what I mean? It's just like no, they're just really good mates. Like just it's pro wrestling for you. It's fine. It's 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 us. You know. Yeah. And they were really cool with it. So I was like, "Yeah, just good mates." Now Kim. I don't think she was announcing this show. It might have been Dale Harvey. So the name was read perfectly. It wasn't just good buddies, all right, good mates, just good friends. Uh, none of that stuff that Kim used to balls up. It would have been read correctly. Um, I mean, I've never balls up a name at all. I don't know where. We're, we definitely won't be coming on to that at uh, later episodes ever. Nope. Nope. Cough, cough. Sugar Duncan, cough. Nothing. Sorry, sure. Cough, cough. Sorry. Um, and yeah, this is the council. So the council. Not one of my creations, but Dan and Dan Evans and uh, D Mac, D McManus, they've done this kind of gimmick that I really liked. And you'll see this kind of echoes of it today with Troy Goose. So they were kind of acting like on behalf of the council. So they've come out of like, right. no, no, that step, don't like it, don't like it, it's far, far too far too high. And they were just nitpicking on it, on every health and safety thing you can nitpick. They were right yeah. to censor, they were the British right yeah. to censor. You know, everyone, and, uh, everyone hates the council. It's a nice, uh, a nice little gimmick to to run with. Yeah, yeah they've been dressed like right to center, like white shirts, black trousers. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it's just a nice, good, yeah, good little fit. I still didn't have that many tag teams. I had maybe five, but we wanted to do something with it. So yeah, we just kind of like to create some teams and borrow teams from elsewhere. Hmm. Uh, now. I do want to kind of bring this up now because I'm kind of like, you know, I have the benefit of looking ahead at the the, the shows that followed this one. 
this and obviously the one before was kind of like labeled as a tag team title tournament semi-final but then in the next two shows you've got tournament first tag team title tournament first round matches so um, I'm, I'm curious <laughs> did, did the plan change at all in terms of uh, i think these were still sort of Cause we, uh, we didn't really have sort of quarters and semis and blah blah yeah. blah and that sort of stuff um it, it just kind of like went through so i know we get a lot of our info from sort of cagematch.net sometimes yeah. some bits and pieces get lost in translation with them so yeah. so it is it more... fair to say that all four shows had a match which would lead into next year yeah of, so which four, would lead into the next teams. year for like the finals as it was yeah so four teams um obviously go against each other the, the the winners of each then face each other and then obviously the, the two winners yeah. go against each other so yeah so i don't know if that's okay. semis quarters i don't know so, the, so these would essentially be quarterfinals rather than semifinals but so that, that does clear again that does clear up for me um sort of again we get our info from cage match it's very much a case of you know this is what it says this is what i have to go on because i wasn't a part of the company at this point so it's it's, it's a learning experience for me too yeah um, but okay, so yeah, so you had that just good mates coming up trumps against the council, which I'm sure everybody loved the council losing. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, then uh, is this okay? I can't try to remember. No, Barricade was in a tag match the previous one. Um, yeah, so this was a, a change to the advertised match. This was changed on the day, I want to say. It might be the night before, but very late the night before, like literally two minutes before I put my phone down. Yeah. And um, it's meant to be Sticks versus Keith. Okay, they'd what they'd wanted to work against each other at pressing for a while. Obviously, yeah, old mates. They've, they've wrestled here, there, and everywhere. They never wrestled pressing for you. Uh, I was like, cool, I'll make that happen. St uh, Sticks had to pull out. Unfortunately, there was uh, sort of some uh, personal issue there. Yeah, um, he he just couldn't attend. And Barry, yeah, Barry, the most you know, dependable guy in the world, said, "Give him a, give him a message, mate. Do you want to go against Keith? Cool. See you tomorrow." Or see you later if it's yeah. the same day kind of thing. Um, yeah, nice easy fix. Nice easy fix, yeah. And again, I can imagine that Barricade and Keith probably know each other quite well and have probably worked with each other quite a few times. Um, or at least been on the same show and kind of very much know each other very well. Um, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, nice nice singles match. Uh, would this have been a three, intermission three um, format? Or would this um, have been more towards a four and two? I'm gonna guess, looking at if these matches are in order, which cage yep. match does tend to get that sort of stuff pretty well. I'm gonna say this is probably four into mission two, which would make sense because the next match is a, a G6 division title match uh, yep. with uh, current champion Max Angelis going up against Rick Van Damage. Yep. Now with the, with hindsight being 2020, even though Max won, I wish uh, Van Damage had won. Via or via other means, so whether via DQ, via count out something, okay. Um, because like he comes out at the end of the show to make the save, and so I wish he'd, he'd at least had some kind of win under his belt so that when he comes out at the end of the show, you thought, okay, well, he might not have won this, but maybe he'll win the next, yeah, okay. But hindsight being what it is, but yeah, Rick, Rick Van Damage again looked a million dollars like he always did. If, if anyone sees pictures of Van Damage. The dude, it was looked like a fucking movie star, and he was the nicest guy in the world. Um, just a shame he's not in wrestling anymore, because so he looks like John Claude Van Damme crossed with Rob Van Damme. So yeah, I've just googled him, and you are not wrong. Yeah, but like it's a scary fucking resemblance, isn't he? I mean, just I mean, 
it's it's also kind of scary how uh, how 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 good I'm, I'm very jealous. Um, I could look like that if I hadn't eaten pizza for the last ten years, and if I'd gone to the gym more than once in the last ten years. Um, <laughs> but there we go. Uh, you know, I will never look as good as Chris Steele, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I mean, is Chris going to chip in with a comment at that? Because I think he's got a uh, strange, smug look on his funny, face. Funny you mentioned that. Today at work, I had a comment about the po- uh, the signed picture that is a photograph of the Chrissy Steele image. And a customer went, I'll never look as good as that. I went, mate, I don't look as good as that anymore. Wow. I mean, <laughs> you, I talk about setting the bar low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dearing me. Just my um, with my leopard print, uh, my zebra print leggings. Oh my days! Um, it was it was a, a sight to behold. Uh, not least of the fact that I think it meant Phil had to do music. Um, <laughs> no, it was uh, it was Chrissy's uh, lovely wife for that show. Oh, did Nat also, do music? Yeah, Nat did. Ah, oh, bless. Um, love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so of course, yeah. So then, assumedly, would have been intermission uh, and opening the second half we believe with uh, a i suppose you could call it a grudge match in some ways yeah i mean i'm kind of looking at the card now and i'm kind of thinking you know what i probably want to put jenna and violet to open the second half of the show so maybe it was free maybe it was a G6. Free, perhaps. Yeah. yeah um okay. but yeah jenna and violet this is a fantastic match this is online on the, on the press of youtube youtube.com forward slash person view it's also in its entirety on person view on demand which is a pwondemand.co.uk. It is a fantastic match, like a really good quality match. Um, I say like great chemistry, really good characters. Um, that they both use a lot. They both use like a lot of their noises for everything they do, which I know that's that's a bit of a bugbear of yours, Dan, where they, they, they wrestle on silence. Not the case with these two. Yeah. Like fantastic, really, really fantastic. Yeah, if I wanted to wrestle uh, wrestling with subtitles, I'd uh, yeah, I'd, I'd watch it on telly. Um, I've managed to pull you up a little tidbit for this uh, for this show. Nice little tidbit. Yep. So the entrance for this one's a bit of a weird one. It's kind of like almost it was two sets of trussing. Like one kind of covers half the stage, and the other bit is open, so you could almost see up through the entrance where people are waiting to come out, which is a bit of a pain. But they had Magic Mark's table sat on commentary on that on that part of the stage. Okay. And he's just sat there. Violet comes out. She does her Violet stuff. She is, Jenna's music's playing. Violet kind of gets on the entrance, crouches down like a leopard, gets a gob full of Magic Mark's water. And as soon as Jenna comes through the curtain, gobs it in her face, this loud shriek out of Jenna. And then one of the best things that, I, didn't tell me they were doing this, Violet grabs Jenna by the hair, launches her at Mark, and Jenna is fucking, she's a badass. She chucked herself on Mark's table, knocked the drinks everywhere, knocked the ring bell, knocked his uh, headphones, landed almost on Mark. Mark lets out this Ned Flanders <laughs> kind of noise. <laughs> and it was beautiful. Like, it was, it's so good. If Honestly, go out your way to, to track this down, because just, just that, it was it's fantastic. Uh, I've got to, I've got to say I do love Mark to bits. I miss you, Mark. If you're listening, I miss you, buddy. I hope you're at the next some of the next shows. I want to get I want to I want I want to say hi. I want to give you a big as long as you consent cuddle, because um, he is awesome. Um, yeah. 
Indeed. So then, uh, again, I suppose this would be the, again, if, if you're kind of like taking from sort of traditional wrestling tropes, the mandatory rematch clause, uh, Wild Boar in a title match, uh, defending his newly gotten title against a babyface pitbull. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's quite like an easy story coming out of the last show. Oh, if it wasn't for Malin, chances are you wouldn't have won it. Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, we just did a, a straight up singles. And I don't think the rules were DQs, but I know the rules were relaxed a little bit because they do find to the crowd. Yeah. Or does use a chair and the ref just like, no, 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 we, we want a decisive winner. I'm pretty certain that's right. Okay. Um, fine. I mean, both guys, just neither one of them is going to give you a little gentle slap. They're going to stick every move in, every kick, every punch, every throw. They're yeah. both very center of the center of gravity is their core you know what I mean like the very yeah, yeah. both of them built like kind of like taz you know what I mean that kind of build to them so it's just a really great physical match and they'd borrow it we painted it was like a um a wallpapering table and built it into the stage so like we had the big pro wrestling few logo on it, it was hand painted by whoever i was going out with at the time and we had that in full view throughout the entire show during the uh, during the main event, it gets propped in the corner and then forgot about, which is why I love when people set tables up and completely forget about them. Yeah. And they just make it a complete surprise. And um, Babyface Pitbull gets speared through that table for like the sort of closing segments of the match. Now, Pitbull um, rips his back on the table, cuts his back, cuts his hand, and it... it doesn't even go down for a free count at this point. Like, yeah, he gets very close near full. The fans are properly behind Pitbull. Um, he's, he's bleeding, not excessively, but enough that you'd notice and enough that... Yeah. Um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful little moment. Um, yeah, so ball goes for the pin, gets a, two, gets a very close sort of two count, hits him with his trapper keeper, gets, gets the win, and decides to stick the the chair that he brought out because he had like a chair dedicated his own metal chair and yeah. starts levering babyface pitbull after the match to kind of hammer home that he's a nasty pasty yeah i think keith and van damage come out to make the save keith protects uh pitbull van damage is kind of like getting up in wild boar's face to set up for the next show which yeah. again this is why i 2020 i wish van damage would have had sort of a bit more yeah Kind of like yeah. yeah, it makes sense, makes sense. Because if, he, if he's just lost his um, chance for the G6, now he's going for the world, what would make you think that he's going to win the world if he's just not won yeah. the G6? Yeah, so, so. Yeah. I mean, again, and like you say, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's uh, it's uh, These are the things you learn. And again, in your fourth year, I mean, 2014, what, we're eight years down the line now, so what you know yeah. now, you wouldn't have known then. And, you know, and... I'm sure what you know in ten years' time, if you are, and I hope you are indeed still doing this, I'm sure you'll have, you'll still learn things. I'm sure there's like sort of still still years when you go, huh, and have little epiphanies in regards to the shows. Um, exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick your brain on that actually, just, cause, just cause I, again my morbid curiosity. And again, for everyone listening to this podcast, this is pretty much how I settle my questions. It's like, am I curious to know the answer to this? If I am, someone else might be. So I'm gonna ask it. What's been your most recent epiphany as a promoter? Sort of like your kind of like most recent, almost sort of that you would say lesson or learning experience at, about this um, business. But all the years you've been doing it now, what's been your most recent one? That you've kind of again, it doesn't have to be anything massive, but sort of like just something you've kind of gone, huh? 
that? Um, I'd say um, you don't have to be everything to all people. WWE does that. They cater from infants up to octogenarians um, and everywhere in between, which is fine. Yeah, that's what they're after. And but if you compare if you compare that kind of thinking to to say music, that's like Coldplay, isn't it? You never really go, yeah, I really want to listen to Coldplay. It's it's very middle of the road. You go, okay, but it's people don't love it. You go, yes, new Coldplay song. You just uh, okay, cool, whatever. It doesn't get you excited. If you go, you know what? This is what Person Pew does better than anyone else. So we can't necessarily compete with other companies' money. We can't compete with other companies' fan bases, other companies' venues. What do we do that other companies don't do? And be okay with that. You know what I mean? Realize that we don't have to be British strong style like Progress and all that sort of stuff. We don't have to be um, blood and guts like you know, sort of TNT shows in Liverpool. And we don't need to do all that stuff. We've got our own stuff that we do. Humor's our backbone. And being a bit silly, not taking ourselves overly seriously, making people enjoy themselves and giving them fun at the heart of everything that we do. That was just the biggest realization. We don't have to compete with other people. Like we we can't be progress because progress is progress. We're progress and few, they can't be us. And we've we've seen that whenever another company comes to Stoke, because PCW is a bloody big company and they can't draw in Stoke for shit. Southside did Stoke, one show couldn't draw for shit. Uh, loads of these companies that can't draw for shit as soon as they come to Stoke, you know, they give away all their tickets, they what you'd call paper the house or free tickets. Yeah. And we can we can consistently draw a decent 180, 200, 220, 240 crowd um that are, are all paying on the door. And yeah, I think just know know what you know and be okay with what you don't know. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I like that. And again, sort of in terms of sort of like, you know, the fact that Pro Wrestling for You has this draw, I just want to point out uh, this has been recorded after we had our November uh, show where, uh, if memory serves, um, you know, Strictly What They Are, we kind of like limited a very set number in terms of what we were had in the venue because we want to be responsible as well as putting on a show and sort of like providing entertainment. We were turning people away at the door. Uh, you know, sort of like we were turning people away at the door. So if you are listening to this and you are local or you, you know, you you are in the area for our next show um, on uh, on March the twelfth, yes, um, on our next well, two shows on the same day. Um, get your tickets early because what, what, what's the name? What's the name of that show, Dan? The name of the show is uh, it's Live Pro Wrestling. Um, uh, <laughs> according to uh the the venue i i i know i called this out it's not on the posters it, it, <laughs> I it, remember. It, well that's because when you put it on the posters <laughs> it doesn't make a blind bit of difference is it whose clothesline is it anyway that's the one there we go it's like, i couldn't remember which one was which i know we've got a few uh um tv show named shows this year and i couldn't remember which one was which uh, yeah. and i will point out that's without me looking it up. <laughs> that was just me eventually remembering. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't say the show name on the Facebook event because it doesn't make a blind bit of difference. Like to, nor, to, yeah. Have to yeah, um, to nor, nor does yeah. it on the website, but tickets are on sale on the website. There is two shows. There is a uh, 2 p.m. doors and a 7 p.m. doors. We are doing two shows on the same day. We had to turn people away from our last one 
if you are local, if you want to come, if you're listening to this and you haven't got your tickets, please consider getting them soon because if when they're gone, they're gone. And it's not like we can just put extra chairs out because we have to make sure that we are being responsible in these current times. You want to come, get your tickets, like get them or miss out. And it is, there were people we had, to, I don't think I've ever sort of like, you know, in, in the years I've done it with you, seen it, I've seen it full. I've never seen it where we've had to turn people away. We had to have people on the doors specifically saying, do you have tickets? No, I'm sorry, we are full. We have no more, there is no more space. Uh, so yeah, it, again, six pounds each. They're available on the door or via the website, but I would highly recommend getting them in advance because if you get them on the day, you are risking missing out. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, plug, plug success. Um, <laughs> we move on to uh, the, the finale, Silverdale Showdown 8. Is, is there a little bit of you that regrets not doing nine and having sort of like, you know, the trilogy of trilogies of Silverdale showdowns? No, not, not in the slightest. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> well, there's sort of like two reasons behind why we didn't do it. Like, so the, obviously this is the last show 2014 in Silverdale. The next one we do, it's obviously November and it's in Newcastle. But then the first one of 2015 is back in Silverdale. And I didn't like the idea of continuing on the showdown name because I thought if every wrestling crowd is made up of diehard fans that come to every show fans that come to more often than not like every show every other show and brand spanking new fans those brand spanking new fans if they say civil showdown four say, well I've missed the first three you know I mean that yeah the, the, that was playing on my mind a little bit um because like, I saw it's a, a fair like, comment, in fairness. Yeah, well, because I saw like I think I did his progress wrestling on UFC. It was like UFC two hundred and something, and I went fucking ah like as soon as you put a number to it, it, it takes away. Like, I I I just don't like it. So yeah, so you drew so, drew a line underneath. So on episode thirty six of the Snap Crackle and Cheat Pops uh, podcast, um... <laughs> well, <laughs> who's, who's fault? <laughs> Whose fault is it that we had to change all of the show names to episodes rather than seasons? Daniel and Christopher. Well, I, told I was going to say, mate, like, is that not a double-edged sword at the same time, though? Because it sort of shows longevity with the company. It shows how well it's going to go that it, far. It does. If, 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 like, if you ever watched... like I've watched uh, the Matrix, like, the third Matrix film, then the second, then the first. And when I was like, watching the third, I thought, why why the fuck am I doing this? If I miss the other two, why am I sat here watching it? I didn't want it to kind of go down that route. I mean, to be fair, there's an argument to be made of why you're watching the third Matrix anyway, just watch the first and then yeah. uh, and then leave the next two. Yeah. Um, oh, it is absolutely dog shit. But you know what I mean? Like, if you, <laughs> you, you wouldn't start a, a, a trilogy, quadrilogy, whatever, two, three, four you know, films in. And I yeah. thought, well, I want, we want to attract new oh. customers with... We don't want like you know Christmas. Yeah, yeah, fair. that's a really bad example. Yeah, but you mean like like Chris is king of the B movie, so I really don't care. But you know, casual fans, new fans that we want to get in, like they're going to see a poster for Sierra Showdown Forty Two. Like, would you go? Oh, for, like, what's what's the Forty Two play to? Like, is that is that the show number? Is that the show name? Like, I've missed the first Forty One. So you know I mean like it's it's for me like i don't even like show titles being on posters it's very rare we do that because again it's more font on the poster than needs to be there it, it, it don't need it perfectly fair uh now also yeah. obviously this show oops, sorry chris um as i say i will say um 
this is show Chris, has followed is Chris, Chris going to dive in? I don't know. Yeah, out for a second. Um, oh, go for it. No, I totally get it. Like, it, it makes perfect sense. Thanks. Yeah. You've put me in my place. Have you, have, you just, have you just agreed with me there? Have you just said, like, I'm right? Yeah, even a stock clock is right for twice a day, mate. Well, even, mate, even a blind squirrel will occasionally find a nut. So, well, do you know what it was? Like, I got this idea from, it was Devin Brown. I've got two sort of business influences, like Devin Brown and Gordon Ramsay, because they both have failed at certain things, and they both have created from nothing. And Devin Brown brings the psychology into why do we do this? Like, why are you thinking that? If you walk past... Like a, uh, um, he had like two marketing guys and he wanted them to draw a post of like a petting zoo. I remember this very well. Yeah, and he'd literally drawn what they were going to draw because of how he'd set it up. And I thought, that's fucking brilliant. Like, yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd literally, um, not tampered with, I suppose, but he'd staged their entire walk like sort of like, for, like to, to yeah. that building for that day in terms of just dropping imagery and sort of like, you know, making sure that there was posters up that sort of like, you know, that would be within their eye line and sort of like subconsciously affecting them yeah. without realising it. Yeah, so I've, I've seen that. And again, Darren Brown, I have mass respect for. I absolutely love his kind of Chris his psych, a... psych, psychology and his showmanship and kind of that kind of... I think Chris is Mag- a bit magic dubious. of the mind. Is it? Is it? What's what? Yeah. Go on. Let's t- let's. I'm, I'm going to dive into this tangent. Go on. You really can't because this cannot be uh, publicised. He actually uses uh, staged crowd members when he does his live shows. He doesn't. He does. I work next door to the bar, mate, where he performed for two weeks or for a week, and there was staged members going into the same night every night. I'm I'm gonna call bullshit. I watched them go in every night, mate. God's honest truth. So what fans go to see the same shows? No, no, they'd come out of the theatre, queue up, and then go back in. But like I, he chucks okay. a random thing out into the crowd. I want I want to point out right now that sort of like, you know, there may well be sort of like students involved. It's a well known magic practice and sort of like, you know, it's he doesn't claim to be kind of like, you know, a magician, but he does also use magic techniques, yeah, psychology, right. etc. Um, but at the same time... Where I work. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, there's two... That's why when he goes and does like things like that with two marketeers and sort of like, you know, essentially gets them to draw what he's drawn and then shows the psychology behind it. That's yeah. that, you know, using students in a show, fair enough. But at the same time, I also know people who, when Rocky Horror comes to town, will go to every single show... Um, on that, including the matinee, every single one because they they enjoy it that much. So it wouldn't also surprise me if those people are that kind of fan, that level of fan that they genuinely enjoy it so much they would go and see it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Yeah, yeah. Like I, say, I only know it because they would walk out of the theatre before doors opened. Yep. Join the queue at random points and then queue to come back in. Like I say, I can't. Well, that'd be point knowledge. So. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair play. Um, but again, even if it's used as stooges, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, sort of like, but at the same time, his knowledge of, a psych, of psychology and psycho, uh, psychological kind of like manipulation is ridiculously good. Can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Sorry, it's fine. tangent. It's fine. We, we are not saying I have used these practices upon fans to buy tickets. Let me just state. But no, this psychology, <laughs> this psychology to everything. Like where you put oh, a yeah. poster in a where you put a poster in a window makes a lot of difference. You know what I mean? Like I like things like supermarkets do it eye lines, you know what I mean? The, the average person is about five and a half foot tall. So supermarkets put the stuff that they get the best margin on at five and a half foot tall off the ground. 
like it's the psychology of everything you know what i mean so i mean marketing like, itself is entirely psychology it's kind of like it's yeah. using imagery and words to stimulate an unconscious response in somebody yeah we put cans on eyeline shelves that we we want to shift yeah, yeah. Like, and that was kind of part of what i was doing this year i was like reading into this sort of stuff and i was like okay we're not going to start naming shows after you know, numbered because if you if you miss seven eight nine of them who gives a fuck you're like no nah, i won't go i didn't, didn't know what happened to the last one you know it's it's like what's what's fast and the furious on now at 28 or something like i'm i'm, I'm not gonna i'm gonna like aside from the fact that they're shit i'm not gonna i'm not gonna watch 28 i'm not, I'm not thinking i'm not watching the other 27 you know what i mean so that that does play a part fair fair um i'm gonna go on a bit of a, a number kind of tangent here though in relation to the number of matches on these next two shows uh obviously previous to this sort of like you know the, the previous two shows were very semi-formulaic in terms of six matches so you've got that kind of like three and three these and this and uh the following one november rain had five matches on it yeah um was there any any thought process behind that in terms of kind of like you know sort of like your psychology of it all and and kind yeah. of what you were doing or was it this... financially driven was it this plays into the Davy versus Goliath stuff we talked about earlier. And, um, like, we realized that we could, like, do free intermission too, and it makes the show feel better because you always want to send your, cro your crowd home wanting more. Um, and I've been, I've been to you know, 1PW shows with, like, 14 match cards. I'd been to Fight Club Pro, and that was, was about eight to ten matches. And by the end, I was like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake. Let it end. Like you can, have too, you can have too much of a good thing, yeah. you know. Um, and so I said, you know what? Well, how about if we, we remove one match, but we kind of put skits in, we kind of pace it a little bit better. Okay. It, the, the show will feel not that, you, not that you're putting lots of filler into it, but you know what I mean you're pacing it better. You are. Yeah. You've got a bit more freedom. You're not spending as much money, so you haven't got to stress as much. Yeah, it, it takes it takes a lot of boxes. We'll still do it. Whenever we've done like a seven match card, uh, at home sweet home, two of those matches were like two minutes long, but they're still two minutes plus entrances plus yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. So it take the time. Yeah, uh, exactly. So we I think we'd gone into five match cards, free intermission two. It's a nice little formula. It works. It keeps things fresh. It keeps people wanting to come again. It it um, it butters many parsnips. Indeed. Uh, and, and speaking of boxers, I just want to point out that Chris has just pulled out the DVD of Pro Wrestling for You November Rain from seemingly yep. nowhere. Um. <laughs> Which we, we, we obviously we will get into that one after we talked about Showdown Eight because I know November Rain is like oh, yeah, a, yeah. Big, a big sticking point for for, for Chris and uh, for ourselves as well. Um, I'm very yes. curious. Uh, very curious for that. Um, so, uh, indeed, Showdown 8 uh, started with a title match, and it was a title match that had been built up to with the World G Cup 2014 Elimination Tournament. Um, Jürgen Heimlich, Max Angelus, and Damian Dunn all involved. So, obviously, your current champion, Max Angelus, and the two winners of the two semi-finals Damien Dunn and Jürgen Heimlich yeah so I think what I was thinking was if Mark Morgan stays G6 champ through this Jürgen gets through to the final against Damien Dunn beats Damien Dunn and then Jürgen would 
face Mark Morgan and take the title away from him. But yep. obviously, with the, with the issues that we had, we thought, let's just hot shot it. Let's just um, put £10 of shit into a £5 bag, crush a couple of matches together, and let's just make it happen today. So, yep. And Max is the most unselfish guy in the world at this point. So he knows it's a, it's a freeway or a triple threat, freeway dance, whatever you want to call it. I, can, I never remember the fucking differences between them. I'm going to be open and honest. Same. And Max was like, look, I'm not, I'm leaving the belt here tonight, you know, so pin me first. It's elimination, so pin me first, nice and quick, so the fans know that, fucking hell, there's going to be a new champ. Yeah. Do that right off the bat. And again, Max is very unselfish. He did take the camera off someone, off the cameraman, and then hump the camera, if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, which the cameras are very expensive, so you could tell the camera guy was like, nope. But yeah, yep. he did it. Um, my days I know Jürgen hates the, the finish for this um, it was kind of like a, a figure four into a German suplex if I remember correctly and it just looked a bit okay. sloppy it's essentially like if you were to kind of like put the, put the leg yeah, yeah. It. Um, I have are you, are you both still there? yeah both, both still here cool I've lost it but yeah it's like you'd figure four the legs and then you just German it, it just looked a bit clumsy so I know yeah, he didn't like it at all but Yes, this is the start of his 1,200-day G6 reign. The ridiculous, the ridiculous reign uh, was uh, goes down in the annals. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so yeah, Jürgen Heimlich, Mark Lysek, a man of many names, takes the yeah. G6 title. And it made sense because we had Damien Dunn in the tag tournament anyway with for Flash Morgan Webster, so it kind of made sense that if he didn't yeah. win it, he's still in there for some gold. So exactly. Uh, of course, then you've got a uh, just a straight tag team match at this point. Now, again, yes, but no. This was advertised as advertised as a four way, and this has changed maybe half an hour to an hour before the show had started. All four okay. guys got you know, got together and sort of said, "Phil, can we just borrow you for a minute?" It wouldn't really make sense to do this as a four way. Can we just turn it into a tag rather than trying to cram something in that just doesn't want to cram? I was like, "Yeah, fuck it, go for it." Fair, fair. Like it didn't uh, make any. It didn't make any odds. So I was like, "Yeah, change it, do it. If that's more comfy, do it." I mean, in terms of a, of, a, of a tag team match, sort of like you know, quite a few names here: Keith Meyer, Babyface, Pitbull, Barricade, and Joseph Connors. So, you know, pretty pretty stacked match. Yeah, I and mean, yeah, usually a lot of the same formula, a lot of a lot of the same pieces that we'd used before, are the same people. So you knew knew who, you you knew who the bad guys were, you knew who the baby faces were. It all kind of made sense. So yeah. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Uh, so then you have uh, the third instalment of the uh, tag team tag team title tournament qualification matches. Uh, Filthy Rotten Scoundrels and Tokyo Runnings. Yeah, now Filthy Rotten Scoundrels. People think this was named after me because I kind of created it. It's not true. So there's a there's a film called Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with Michael Caine and Steve. Oh fuck! What's his fucking name? Steve. Um, he's in the, the the jerk and um, playing trains, automobiles. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Yeah, and it's called Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And I know there was you know, tag teams in America called Dirty Rotten Scoundrels because I, yeah, I do uh, I do my homework. And I said, I said, say it's, you know, to I got Mark together and a couple other people. I said, okay, say this tag team for me. Dirty Rotten, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And they said it just like that. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I said, okay. Changed the first word to filthy, gave it to him, said, say that to, say that again with this 
word instead and said filthy rotten scoundrels their entire demeanor changed when they're saying those words yeah i was like there it is because you only like you don't announce brock lesnar as oh it's brock lesnar like you're mean like, I, I mean i can imagine if anyone tried to do that they wouldn't be an announcer for very long um yeah. like, it's, it's almost like almost like onomatopoeia of sorts you know I mean yeah. like it goes down that route and i was like you've got to like it's like there's a full stop after each of the words and just because one of those words happens to sound the same as the name i've been using yeah that's true and it did help, did help create it that wasn't the reasoning for it it just made sense yeah and but originally so i know this tag team that everyone knows is Dave Dovecchio and Mark Morgan. Now, that's not who the scoundrels were meant to be. The scoundrels were meant to be Mark Morgan and Ryan Myatt, because Ryan Myatt hadn't been back to a show for, for a good while. Notice you've not read, not read him yeah, since not. 2012. And it, 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 the idea that both Mark had you know, sort of, um, been gone for a few months, Ryan had been gone for, for a couple of years. We bring them back, we have them hate pro wrestling for you and like oh we're only here to disrupt it blah 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 that kind of mindset um i think ryan was still injured at this point i think he, he might have done his shoulder in at this point yeah okay um because we wanted to have ryan and mark together and then mark suggested bringing dave in because dave hadn't been with him since he was scorpion essentially yeah and i said okay we can look at bringing in dave down the line, we could add him to the the the, the, the diesel character to your Shawn Michaels. You had the big towering guy yeah, yeah. over the two smaller guys. Um, and then obviously, once Ryan wasn't there, I said to Dave, Dave, you're jumping in. It's going to be marking you, and we're just going to go for it. You're going to be the filthy rat scoundrels. And it, it, it was almost like a happy accident. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and against Tokyo Runnings again, sort of. Playing on the uh, the uh, pyro from Japan and the Ryan Hendricks, who I believe you said like sort of like you know uh, represented Jamaica in the um, G6 elimination yeah. World G Cup thing. Uh, so Tokyo Runnings again, just stealing from Cool Runnings a little bit there, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah. Cool, yeah, cool, run, cool Runnings, Jamaican Tokyo. That's where you know, pyro yeah. is dubbed. Tokyo dubbed Runnings, oh, yeah, it's a good name. Um, good little tidbit for you. Tidbit. Now, you know my sort of um, penchant for changing people's music every so often or not telling them when I've given them a music. Yeah, I yeah. gave Tokyo Runnings a song. I said, look, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you're just going to go out there. You're just going to do it like improv the shit. I don't know. And they were like, yeah, cool, whatever. And I picked There's a song called The Caramel Dance. OK, it's called, it's called The Caramel Dance by Caramel Dance. And it's like hyper Japanese techno. Chris knows what it is. Yeah, uh, I think it's his sex song because he goes that quick. Um, <laughs> sorry, Chris, uh, but like it's it's proper fast, cheesy Japanese techno. They, do you know that that dancing machine in the arcades with the, with the, the foot panels yeah, yeah, on the yeah. floor? Oh yeah, like like it'd be it would be on that because it's on super high speeds, crazy RPM kind of song, and they came out to that, and I'm on the sort of desk at the front just like and everyone loved it to be fair but they were like what the fuck is this but yeah it's uh it's beautiful is, are, are you looking it up dan i don't know what you're talking about the caramel dance i'm uh i don't know what you're talking about are, are you gonna play it do i need to shut up so you can play it no 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 i'm i'm just putting it on here so that i can then uh afterwards uh <laughs> 
Are, are you going to listen to it after we've stopped recording and then two minutes later message me and say, twat a twat? Yeah, maybe. That's um, okay. But, so, but uh, yeah, we have really great tag team. Obviously, Mark and Dave Neutral are very well. Phil yeah. Scandal's completely hit it off. It made sense. They were getting a lot of heat right out the gate. I mean, a lot. Um, and yeah, Tokyo Runnings, you know, good, good fun. Both guys really up for just yeah, having fun and then not taking life too seriously. Um, and yeah, it was, it, was, it was a nice little you know, creating two tag teams. You know, one didn't work because we didn't really have much fun, but one really did work. So yeah, I think we, I think we did all right out of it. It makes perfect sense. Uh, then two names that I uh, don't recognise myself uh, in a singles match: uh, Nixon Newell and Pollyanna Peppers. Which so I've Nixon, got to say, as a name to say, I freaking love. Yeah. So Nixon Newell is the newly released from WWE Tegan Knox. Ah, uh, okay. Um, her name's Steph. She's fantastic. Just an absolute godsend of a human being. The loveliest person in the world. And uh, Pollyanna was kind of mates with uh, Jürgen Heimlich. She had that kind of same kind of vibe. Like she loved you know, Japanese wrestling and she was quite a strong style kind of performer. Awesome, awesome, awesome lady. Uh, yeah, they had a really nice uh, contest. Now, tip bit for you. Uh, Violet Vendetta did join Magic Mark on commentary for this match. So they're at the end of the women's match. They're going to shake hands, show some respect. Violet, who'd been say you know, on Polly's side because Polly was the the heel in this, gets in. Polly shoves her on her ass because I think Violet's both slapped her or got in her face, and then both Nixon and Pollyanna left as baby faces. Okay, um, but yeah, so we're, we we would know we wanted to do Pollyanna versus Violet the show after this, so we kind of needed to do a very quick turnaround. Just a little, yeah, just a little setup. Again, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay, and so yeah, obviously uh, Nixon you were defeating Pollyanna Peppers, which I did did set up for November Rain, uh, and then uh, the world title match against, sort of, like, as you mentioned, sort of from so uh, Showdown Seven, uh, kind of following on from that Wild Boar versus Rick Van Damage. Yeah, now again, all twenty twenty hindsight aside, um, Rick got a bit injured in this match, and because Boar does like a like a sent on, usually does it to your back. And whether Rick was just not in the wrong place, sorry, in the wrong place, or just took it badly, but or whether ball landed on him a bit too low down rather than high up, winded Van Damage really badly. And when you see a guy that big winded, it's a really um, like it's, it's a difficult thing to see because you mean like a guy that big, that yeah. strong, just completely no energy. It was yeah, it was quite scary for a second. There's a definite five ten seconds where you could tell that. Obviously, Ball didn't mean to do it. Yeah. It, 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 it's an accident, isn't it? So he just kind of bought 10 seconds. The referee checked on Van Damage, and Van Damage was like, yeah, I, I just need to get my win back. I just need to get my wins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great match. Fantastic. You say two big guys. Uh, Ball, I don't want to say heavy-handed, but yeah, he, he, was, he was snug. Uh, Van, <laughs> Damage, Van Damage, not the case at all. There's such a big guy. He was the... The lightest guy in the world. He'd make a fantastic ballerina. That's a hell of a compliment, and I can appreciate yeah. that from having done ballet and, myself. That yeah. that, that shit this, is hard. This would be Van Damage's last press in outing. I know he had, he was advertised for November Rain. He's mm -hmm. on the posters, on the DVD cover. If Chris holds it back up for me again to just double check. 
There it is. Um, but yeah, something happens before November rain, and uh, unfortunately, you just no one's heard from him since. Little tidbit for you. So this is <clears throat> September, yeah, showdown eight, September 2014. Now, Comic Con in Stoke had just started up, like they'd started doing it the Stoke Alarvi. And we had like a good few tables. I spent about 200 quid on tickets and tables. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But we'd we'd got loads loads of tables. There was me. There was my missus. There was Wild Ball, Babyface Pitbull. There was Violet Vendetta. There was Nixon Newell. All coming from different directions. So as well as spending crazy money on the tables, the tickets, I'm also paying them to to get there as well. So kind of... You know me, balls to the balls to the walls, first time and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Do it, do it big. Now, like I'm there with my with my girlfriend. We've set up. We've got these roller banners. We've got all this merch out. Uh, Nixon's there not too long after. Babyface Pitbull's there not too long after. Uh, Violet only just makes it in time towards the end. Now, but, um, Wild Ball was there. Now, he was in Birmingham the night before. I think is it like a Defend Indie Wrestling show or Attack Pro Wrestling, whatever the case may be, and. Like he'd he'd gone out on 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 the pop with with the wrestlers after a show, like as you do, yeah, yeah like typically we do now, after show after show uh, celebrations. They're, they're not uncommon. yeah. Um, I want to say I'm trying to think what this guy's name is. Zach. Oh, it's his fucking name. Um, really great uh, technical wrestler. His name's completely slipped my mind. Oh fucking, hell, that's good. That's embarrassing. Uh... British technical wrestler, really tall, really slim. He was in the cruiserweight tournament. Why can't I remember his fucking name? This, this is, That's going to be yeah. admired as well. Yeah. But him anyway. You know what we mean anyway. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. That's, yeah. that's, that's what annoys me. Yeah. So um, I think Vore said to him, because he rang me, he was mm, about maybe 10, 11, 12 that morning. He'd just woken up, severely hungover. Uh, whoever this guy was had dared him to neck a bottle of barbecue sauce. For Zach Sabre? Zach Sabre, yep. Zach Sabre Jr., that's the guy. There we go. So he dared Wild Boar to neck a bottle of barbecue sauce while out on the piss, and Boar did it. It was a uh, big bottle. Yeah. Now, when Boar finally got to us, it was about 12, so it's about halfway into proceedings, you know, because we're typically there 8 until about 8 a.m. till 4 p.m. Ball got there and ball, none of us had to wrestle. We just had to sit behind desks, interact with people like you, Dan, you've, you've been there. So you, you no. know what we're doing. And um, so we're there. We've taken our belts. We've taken some pictures and you know, the wrestlers, but like Nixon was there, Big Facebook was there selling their pictures, blah, 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 whatever. And ball shows up. He's dead apologetic. He's dead sorry. And the beard is the beer is coming out of his pores. Not only is the beer coming out of the pores, that bottle barbecue of barbecue sauce. sauce is coming out, was leaking out of his pores, like out of his breath, out of his beard, out of his armpits. The smell was like intoxicating. Like me and, and the girl asked me, were like, fucking hell. Like, please stand up, wind. Please stand up, wind. Like, it, <laughs> it, this is this, this is bad. Like, I'm fine with some smells, but somewhat um, unpleasant. Yeah, so um, it, it was it was a bit of a difficult one. So he, he comes in, so he's only there for a couple of hours, and it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very strange way to promote this show. So um, 
so yeah, so it's yeah, it's a, a stinky wild boar. Spent a few more hours, spent a few more hours there. Said goodbye to everyone and uh, went about our business. Don't mm-hmm. don't know if he did did anything for ticket sales, but it kind of got awareness and uh, all this sort of stuff. I know. I, I've I've got to say, I'm again sort of like Stoke on Trent. I'm very much looking forward to it again this year. Um, so sort of like, it'd be nice to sort of like get back to it because it is it is a lovely it is a lovely day as well. Um, yeah. Get to meet sort of like you know, actually stand and chat because show days you don't get chance to stand and chat to people. It's not really kind of there's not that much time for that. Um, but you know, it is it is nice to sort of like be able to kind of like you know go and spend a bit of time and talk to people yeah. and meet people and see people. It is because we didn't know what to expect. With it being the first one, we were just there to just think, you know, I'm earning good money 2014. Like I'm still on the the, the old the old doubloons. Yep. So um, I was like, yeah, 200 quid on on a couple of tables at Comic Con. Why not? So, but yeah, live and learn. Indeed, indeed. We, we uh, got fo- we got photos with um, uh, people like uh, Jesse from Story Junters, Boise from Iron Fields and Horses, who obviously I know is not long past. Um, he's there holding like the press in for you. I think it's the world championship. I don't like, yeah, I think it, it is. I think I've seen that picture. Yeah, because it's him. I think Sam Bailey's there. I think I, I remember. Yeah, because I think Violet brought Sam Bailey with it. And yeah, so like there's there's yeah, people like that, and um, it was just yeah, really cool. But just that smell of barbecue sweat sauce was just oh my god. Is it never going to leave you? No, like doing certain smells, like uh, primary school dinner time. You know, those that primary school food and the plastic trays they put your food in. Like that smell doesn't leave me. Like that's just like yeah. same with you know, wild boars barbecue sweat. Oh my days! Well, uh, moving on from wild boar raining barbecue to uh, Pro Wrestling View November rain. Um, obviously, fourteenth of November, twenty fourteen, the last show of that year. Um, I'm going to move away from, as we say, the, the format of the Silverdale showdowns. Uh, but also move away from Silverdale entirely uh, for this show, uh, obviously at the Holy Trinity in Newcastle. Uh, opening up with, uh, as, as again, sort of like seems to almost become a little bit of a, I, I don't want to say tradition because it's not a tradition, but sort of like, you know, opening up with a G6 title match. Sort of like yeah, that. before we get to November rain. So obviously um, when we did, I think it was 2011's, podcast show we were saying that like i'd sat down with kim rocks after that second ever show yeah and you know, we, we even went and had a look around the holy trinity so this is you know, three years before we'd even actually have the show there and um so we knew we'd have three Silverdale shows booked in i thought oh well september through to march that's quite a gap Let, let's, let's let's go to the holy trinity we went to have another meeting we had a really good meeting with the owners um and I've been seeing a few Jesse's Divide gigs because Chris is the, the roadie for Jesse's Divide and mm-hmm. it, the, the cog starts ticking in my head. I'm like, well, we need to do rock and wrestling. We need to do we need to do this. And remember the, the big stage at the Holy Trinity. I thought this would be fucking fantastic. Uh, we'll, we'll combine this. But this idea only really came into fruition after um, me and Chris got thrown in at the deep end. Made me and Chris a lot closer through what Chris has lost in terms of um, uh, the, the company that he was running, because he was running a company called Blackout that was supplying all the lighting and stuff like that for press and few shows. Now, we'd done um, you know, Blackout through to the, that September show, so the showdown eight. Mm-hmm. Now, it was um, 
uh, yeah, November rain, November the 14th, 2014. We were meant to have blackout for, for that show, but something happens in the meantime, so I'm, I'm going to shut up and let uh, Chris take over because I can't do this story justice because I only know the phone call when Chris rang me and he sounded like he, was, he wasn't in tears, but Chris sounded like he was letting me down rather than him being let down by his partner, which to, to this day, and I'm going to tell Chris here, here and now because I've never told Chris this before, that meant so fucking much to me that Chris cared more about me than he did about himself. And I thought, fuck you now, this dude, this guy. I, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to shut up and uh, Chris, fill me in on some details. Thank you, mate. That, that, that means an awful lot. Like it really does. Uh, yeah, so I will correct you though. I wasn't running or co-owning Blackout. I was sort of a, if you could call it a company, it was a... Wait, what? Oh, um, that's right. Carry on. So you, you want for, yeah, there we go. Thank you, Dan. It's all right. I'll start, I'll start over and I'll go from there. Uh, yeah, I'll correct you there, Phil. Um, I didn't co-own or sort of run PWU, uh, not PWU, obviously, <laughs> obviously none of that. Uh, no. Blackout. <laughs> Blackout was entirely uh, my friend's uh, creation. Yeah. It was born out of one to do lights just divide. Uh, I want to say three days before the show happened, he fell out of love with the lighting in game entirely and wanted to just get out, get out of it and be done with it. Um, we had the show booked, obviously, with Phil, and we had other events booked. Yeah. He decided to sell the gear on. And I'd heard nothing from the guy for, like, a good two weeks. So, obviously, he either planned it in advance to sell the gear on or whatever. Um, I get a phone call. I remember exactly where I was. I was sat in a beer garden planning a, another gig at yeah. the time. Um, and from there, I went, you, you've done what? You've sold all the gear. And he went, yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I'm out of it now, mate. I'm, I'm done. I went, yeah, okay. Um, have you spoke to Phil? Because that was my first thought. It was, yeah, we've got a, we've got a show booked. We, we need to let the guys know that if we can't fulfill, fulfill commitments, we need to be on top of this. As soon as uh, possible, yeah. Which, again, understandable. Yeah. Uh, and he said, like, no, I haven't. I was like, right, okay. So I end the phone call with him. Got straight on the phone to Phil. I was like, right, Phil, um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we cannot do lighting now. However, if you want anything from me, I'm happy to do whatever job you want. Um, I'm not there to be paid or what. At, that, at this point in the game, I was just all invested in people with you. I was happy to be there. Um, so yeah, I was like, I'm really sorry, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this is what's happened. I feel awful. I should let you know before it comes to show day and you've got no lights set up. So yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild ride since then, because we're now, what, eight years together? Eight yeah, years something, something like that. Um, Showdown 3 was my first show with you guys, and then... So yeah, you, 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 you're touching on nine years then. Yeah, I mean, like I, 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 this is one of those weird things. Like I remember where I was when 
um, when Chris rang me. I was going up Basford Bank in Newcastle. And I, I can remember exactly, it was almost on the crossroads where it's sort of polite picker is, and Chris was just so like apologetic and sad on the phone. Now, bear in mind, like I've, I'd seen Chris at a few Jesse's gigs. Obviously, he'd been a person for you for seven, eight shows by this point. Something like that. Uh, by this point, one, two, three, four, five, six. That would have been, the, yeah, November Rain would have been the yeah. seventh. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, with, with yeah, a few Jesse's divide gigs in between. So I've probably seen Chris 10 times. Got on really well right, right off the bat. And, but not had this kind of relationship with him. It's, it's, it's all ever been like positive stuff, you know. So, so when Chris rang yeah, a few days before the show and whatever, and it was like just so sad on the end of the phone. I'm like, fuck, you know, mate, like, don't worry about it. Like, um, let, let's think of some ideas, and I just I think I just chucked it out there. I said, yeah, should we should we ask the the Jesse Divide guys um, to see if like if they want to come do a gig? Because I know they had like some lighting and all this sort of stuff. So I thought, well, if we haven't got the lasers and the, the vape uh, smoke machines, whatever, we haven't got all that stuff. Let's fill it with what we have got. Yeah. Let's speak speak to the band. So Chris yeah, spoke to the band and said, "Yep, yeah, they're, they're all they're all on board." It must have been. A a bit before the show because we've got their name on the poster and the show posters get made up by at least uh maybe like a month prior yeah yeah yes yeah, so, yeah so it would have been somewhere there there's there's, there's a few we sold the light and i was like oh we're, we're oh, yeah, close yeah. to this um yeah and yet blackout was born of the fact that jesse is a lighting rig yeah so it came about through that and we did jesse's gigs and it was yeah purely meant to be a bit of fun um, so, so we so we must have had jesse's already booked in but like minus most of their lighting equipment is that right they they had some of their old stuff from the the previous band days um but yeah jesse's were fully on board for except playing obviously one of the entrance songs yeah um so yeah they were obviously nick is a huge wrestling fan he's a massive aw fan like i speak to him on the reg about aw uh, Sai remembers like the old school wrestling days of like the Attitude Era, and Rob is Rob, and he's lovely. <laughs> yeah, the sexual bearded bastard. Yeah, that, that's very. He's very hench these days. I'm a little bit jealous, very jealous. But um, it was yeah, it was, it was a very strange thing. Cause I remember that phone call. I was like, mate, don't worry about it. Yeah, we, we've got the, we've got the show, we've got the band. We'll just fucking mate do. Yeah, we'll we'll cover we'll cover up whatever we don't have with what we do have. Yeah, which is a good lesson for any business yeah any especially wrestling business if, if you can't afford certain things don't bother don't be second best at anything just go in a different direction and do something different so we had jesse divide playing before the show yeah um and obviously we've, we've got all this their stuff on stage or we've got to give them something so we knew that they know one of the, the entrance songs anyway so spoke to the three of them i had a meeting with them at one of their rehearsal studios, and I was like, "Do you know?" I've, I've got a little note here. Where was it? Uh, where was it? Where was it? Uh, born Joe, born to raise Hal. Like you know, born to we you know Motorhead. Like we know. <laughs> I was, yeah. like, I was, I was, I'm sorry, I forgot. I was speaking to. Yeah, it's bad. Um, but let, a tip bit for you, Daniel, because I know you do do love the old bit of tit. Um, before this show, so we'd gone. Obviously, 2011. Me and Kim gone along to Holy Trinity little meeting. And then left it. We came back for this show. So we would have, would have gone maybe earlier in the year. I think 
seven, eight months booked in advance, a year in advance, somewhere there. We'll be one at the Holy Trinity and we'll go from there. I went along, had, the, had a meeting with the guy that, that runs it, sorted the finances out, sorted logistics, like does it have a sound system, does it have this, that, the other, whatever. And realised that we'd asked to play Born to Raise Hell. Now, there's a big Jesus on the wall in the middle of the main room, and we're across from a nun's convent. We're attached to a church. It's it's a Friday night, but, you know, I don't know when people go to church. It could be Friday night, as far as I know. I really don't know. I said to the guy, it's like, look, I, I hate to ask, but we've got a band. They're going to play Born to Raise Hell. Is that going to be okay? Because of the... And, Apologies to anyone religious that hears this. I said that because of that Jesus guy on the wall. Probably, yeah, that, that's that's my uh, my ticket to heaven revoked. But I said that because of that Jesus guy on the wall, I'll be okay to play Born to Raise Hell. And the guy said, again, the guy, Pete, that runs it, fantastic guy, said without even flinching. So, mate, we have Ann Summers parties here. They're all wiggling dildos out in front of Jesus. I'm like, oh. Okay, <laughs> I don't feel so bad anymore. If Jesus can handle a dildo, Jesus can handle Motorhead. So that's not a phrase I ever thought I'd say. No, but that needs to be the tagline for this podcast. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get sued. I'm going to when, how. when this goes out on Twitter, that needs to go on there. Sort of like, you know, Jesus can handle a dildo, Jesus can handle Motorhead. Um... <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So November Rain did indeed happen. Um... With... Named named after Guns N' Roses, let me just state because of course, yeah, you know, uh, big Guns N' Roses fans. So I wanted to kind of pay tribute and event. You know, November Rain kind of works. The ECW yeah. tribute show in the states was called November Rain, if I remember correctly, or no, it was November to remember the ECW show. And I think there was an ECW tribute show called November Rain. So yeah, we're paying tribute to to lots of different bits and pieces. Indeed, uh, and like I say, sort of like you know, opening with a G Six title match. Uh, Jürgen Heimlich. Um, was he still Jürgen Heimlich at this point? Yeah, he's still Jürgen at this point. Now, I'm pretty certain, because when I did um, Jürgen's podcast show while I was waiting, while I was waiting for YouTube, he's, he takes notes. He's, he's more notes-orientated than Dan is. Like, he's got like a little book with all of his bookings, all of his matches, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, fair. Um, and so like, he's really good for like giving me info. Now, I think originally I booked Battle Squad Awesome, in the okay. sort of in the tag match, and Dave Andrews had to pull out. Didn't want to. Yeah, when he's a tag and one person pulls out, it's 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 a shit thing to say to the other tag partner. I can't Sorry, use I can't you. Book, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Danny Chase was fine. I said, look, Danny, let's stick you in with Jurgen. You both wrestle each other at Nottingham's House of Pain. You know each other. You fit the st- the sort of. Archetype, type, for yeah, it. yeah. You're that that younger, faster kind of wrestler that we were kind of going after, kind of put you in with that rather than the tag tournament. He's, and Danny's cool. He's like, yeah, mate, that's that's completely fine. And yeah, we open the show with Jurgen Hamley versus one half of Battle Squad, awesome Danny Chase. Jurgen does something in this that disgusts me to this day. It's in the wrap up video, like the little movie video with, that we made. He gobs. Do you like when you get really dry mouth? Yeah, yeah. He finishes the match and he's he's on he's on he's on his knees in the middle of the ring, looking pretty happy. He gobs str- like a big loogie directly upwards, and he drops back into his mouth and he eats it. I'm 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 not good with certain things. Snot and loogies, mate. Oh, Chris, I have a watch of it. It's on YouTube. 
<laughs> Chris is gonna he's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. Oh my days. In an ode to Vince McMahon. He's gonna puke. But yeah, no mate, he's disgusting. I was like, huh. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Yeah, uh, I'm let's, good. Let's move on from something disgusting to something a little less disgusting. Um, Pollyanna hey, and Violet Vendetta. Yeah, I've not watched it since the DVD came out. I've not watched it again because of that reason. <laughs> yeah, so the reason I don't anymore. it's disgusting. So Violet and Barricade, but we would try to team them up um, at this at this point. She'd moved on to Paul Malin or Malin, as you love to call him. And sticker with Barry, they're a good team. There's that sort of Beauty and the Beast vibe. Are yeah. they, aren't they? There's, there's a lot going on there. They blurred a lot of lines. So they're kind of Lance Rivera and Stacey Rose before they were Lance Rivera and Stacey Rose. That kind of vein. Yeah, okay. And I say Pollyanna, fantastic performer. Um, brought out the best of Violet. A really good, hard-hitting match. It pushed Violet a, a lot in this. Uh, Polly does win via DQ. I think Barricade uh, get, pulls the ref out and the ref DQs him to kind of keep them both strong. Really good, solid match. Nice. Uh, and again, sort of like, you know, sort of. This, um, and there seem to be kind of almost a theme, sort of like with this ending in matches with Violet of um, Violet being defeated by DQ. Yeah. Um, it, it, it just made sense because it kept Violet strong, kept Pollyanna strong, yeah, it uh, kept Bar- Barry strong for for later in the show. It just yeah, but, say buttered many parsnips. Buttered many parsnips. That's the uh, alternate tagline for the for the podcast today. Um, and then the what I, I believe I'm right in saying the fourth qualification of the tag uh, of the tag team title tournament. Please never do anything like that when I have to announce it live. Please don't. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Clarkwood versus... No. Clarkwood versus the Island Brothers. Yeah. Now, the Island Brothers, like, both um, bodybuilders, like, they're in immaculate shape. Even, I mean, today, like, they're both in insane conditions. Like, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. I don't think Eva is wrestling anymore. I could be wrong. But they're, they're definitely, like, an old school. They had a bit, almost a bit of a head shrinkers kind of vibe about them. If you remember the head shrinkers, 93, 94, 95, that kind of route. Mm. At least one of them was barefoot, maybe both. But I know at least one of them wrestled barefoot, which is like old school kind of thing. And just really cool um, kind of heelish vibe to them. Now, had we had sent them out second, Clarkwood would have got booed the fuck out of the building because they came out after and they've got like a, a... Jedward vibe, yeah, boy band kind of vibe. They came out singing. I don't know if it's New Kids on the Block or Bros, but it's called. They came out. Oh, what's the song? Um, step by step. Is it Bros or New Kids on the Block? Mm, I do not know if I'm I. I don't know. If, but, but, yeah, but they came out and because of Jesse's gig. New Kids uh, on the Block. That's the one. Because Jesse's equipment still was set up, they were singing down the microphone that was left on stage. So they're singing their own entrance, but they can't really sing. Okay. And it's it, it's a bit painful. Now, I say, like, if we'd have sent them out first, people would have would have been booing them. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, they're, they're singing. Bra- I mean, it's a fantastic match. This match is um, on for free on the YouTube channel as well as the On Demand channel. Really great tag team action. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful match. Um, yeah, really fantastic. Uh, Clark would go over with, I think it's like a double somersault, a uh, double moonsault. Beautiful tag team maneuvers. Like nice. I'll nice. Put that, yeah, I'll put that up there. Some of the best you know, tag tag team uh, contests we've ever had. Yeah, and I will say, sort of like you know, just doing a quick bit of, uh, tiny bit of research. It does appear that the Island Brothers, uh, that according to well, based on their Twitter, seem to stop at least being active on there around about 2016. So it suggests that maybe they aren't, uh, yeah, an active uh, partnership anymore. Yeah, I think one of them does still wrestle, but I I, I could be wrong. But yeah, yeah, they're really superb um tag team match the great thing about this one stage one and it's a it's a non-stop i think about 10 15 minutes match like no wasted movement at all yeah soon as soon as they win they get out the ring one of them gets back to singing which like oh don't do all that good work just done <laughs> but then the other one they're, they're like moon walking around the audience and this is when we used to do friday nights at holy trinity rather than what we'd go on to be you know, sunday yeah. afternoons and so people were a bit more drunk a bit more rowdy and um, like uh, when our friend Craig you know, came along to, to the wrestling, he brought one of his exes, obviously his girlfriend at the time, who was massively drunk, and she was chasing both of the wrestlers down, pinching their bums, getting them to kissing them. It was like, what is going on? Like, what is? Yeah, but and then they loved it. They were like rock stars, so just very kind of geeky pop rock stars. Yeah, I will say for those listening. Uh... Please be careful if you do decide to do that. It is generally better to ask consent if you can first, um, yep. because doing so wantingly, even under the influence, is generally not not uh, smiled yeah. upon. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think that they were definitely encouraging it. I don't think she did, even if yeah. she was drunk. But yeah. Which, yeah, which is fair. Um, but yeah, I just want to put that out there. As, you know, I'm, I'm sure Troy Goose would be very proud of me, sort of like, you know, toting the... Uh, the behaving element. Um, I'm sure that'll put me in as good graces for at least the next next uh, show, maybe. Um, so would this have been a three interval two, assumedly? Yeah, yeah. I think that that's kind of the, the pattern we go down from yeah, the last show and this one, which is kind of what we do now. So yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it was end on end on a on a good note. So yeah, first half main events have the have the faces win. Yeah, made sense. Makes perfect sense. Uh, and then going into the second half, uh, a singles match, Barricade and T-Bone. Yeah, so Barry came out with Violet, of course. Um, yep. As I say, they were a lovely pairing. Uh, T-Bone and Violet had worked with each other and against each other loads and loads of places. They knew each other back to front. Um, now, T-Bone flashed his widget at me at this show. I've got to, I've got to state. We're I mean, always... that's, uh, that's, a, that's a fair claim to fame. Yeah, like, I mean, like, like we, do, we do the pre-show meeting. Yes. That we have, you typically it's backstage. And the yes. whole Trinity is upstairs in the changing room. And I think, I don't, I don't know if he did it on purpose, but he's just kind of rearranging his gear. And yeah, he just, he's, he just waved his todger at me. And I'm like, I, I, I'm not even, I'm not even going to, nope, just say nothing to that. That's, thank you, but I'm, I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah, so back to, back to the match and away from Todgers. So, uh, yeah, really good heavyweight contest. Both you know, T-Bone and uh, you know, Barricade can can fly for big guys. They were both at least six, seven, six, eight. Both big, big dudes. Um, 
Violet, again, she, there's very little she'll say no to. T-Bone gets a big smooch offer during this match. Um, typical you. Um, heel manager at ringside. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've got smooched kind of yes. thing. Uh, but, yeah, Barry, Barry picks up a, a cheeky little win over the, you know, not too long after NXT UK's T-Bone. So. I was going to say, yeah, sort of like, you know, doing uh, very, very well for himself these days. Um, you know, you, you love to see it, sort of like you love to see kind of yeah. like the progression of, of these guys, sort of like you know, getting the recognition. Um, uh, so the end of this one, I mean, this this just looks like chaos in a ring. Um, a six man tag team elimination match. Yeah. So in terms of cherries on the cake, you can you can tell what I'm doing. You, like, it's, yeah. There's, there's no. We are icing and cherrying that motherfucker. Yeah. So. We send the heels out first, who's so uh, Dylan Roberts, who's awesome dude, and the Phil from Rap Scoundrels, because they, they were they were you know, heaters right from the get-go. No two ways about it. Yeah. And uh, Dylan cuts a promo before the faces come out, and in the promo, he um, references needing to put... Keith being like old Yala, needing to be put down with like a bullet between the eyes. Oh, like, yeah, God, yeah. like, like, goddamn, Dylan, bloody hell, mate. <laughs> like... Yeah, okay. As, as, as heelish promos go, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, this is one of my favourite entrances in Pro Wrestling I watched this earlier before recording the podcast. Fantastic. So, it's Babyface Pitbull. It's Keith Myatt. It's Pyro. It's Jesse Devine playing live. They're playing Born to Raise Up. And, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, the, the energy in the room was through the roof. Now, bear in mind, this is November. November's going to be cold as fuck. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to tell. Everyone is up. Everyone is having a great time. It is fantastic. It's just pure energy. There's a rock band playing these guys out to the ring. And the, the three of them are absolutely loving it. Because when do you ever, ever get that? Yeah. You know I mean, no, no companies really do it at all. Uh, it is slightly marred because Dylan Roberts gets on the headset with Magic Mark and says, Babyface Pitbull is a mark for himself. He does it twice while the music is playing. Because Pitbull and Dylan just rile each other up all day, every day, every given chance possible. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, uh, indeed. And, uh, you know, sort of like, you know, Pitbull, Meyer and uh, Pyro sort of like, you know, coming out and uh, getting the win over Dylan Roberts and the Filthy Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah. So, so there's a few little, few little bits because I, I watched this back and it, it does get down to Keith being a sole survivor. So it's two on one. I don't want to do three on one for Keith Mike's. It seemed a bit too far fetched. Yeah. But two on one is, is not too bad. Um, so we go through the match, it gets down to. Dylan and Keith, referee gets taken out, beautifully taken out. Uh, Keith gets you know, low blowed, blah, blah, blah. Dylan goes for the pin. Referee comes out to, to you know, another referee comes from the back. The closest of three counts, Keith just kicks out. Crowd is absolutely electric at this point. They're solely behind Keith. And we already know where we're going with Keith, so it was the right decision to kind of like have this be the finish. Yeah. All hell breaks loose, you know, all the faces come out, all the heels come out. It's just chaos. And Pitbull starts chucking both the scoundrels around. And I, this is the only time I ever felt sorry for the scoundrels because I've been chucked around by Pitbull. It's not fun. <laughs> it's, it's not fun. 
I, it, like he, he does like a, almost like a per, like a release perfect plex on Dave. That didn't look comfortable. Morgan right. jumps off the top turnbuckle. He catches him, and Morgan tries to fight free, like a like a toddler trying to get out of a car seat. Pitbull doesn't let him. Nope, not a fucking chance. Just no. chucks him, like just if you, if you if you land, you land like just that kind of whoop, lobs him. Yep, best of luck to you, sir, to infinity and beyond, and just lobs him. Oh my! <laughs> Keith Keith lands the, the the stunner for the win. He gets dubbed the Stoke Cold Stunner. Stoke this Cold this stunner. is this, yeah. yeah. This is where this uh, show gets the well, this is where that move gets the name from. Okay. And Keith is a made man, like he's a made man anyway. But he was super hot. Like we knew he we were going to put him in the in the world championship to, um, against Boar anyway. But this just cemented that, yep, this is the right reason to do it. Yep, 100%. Uh, yep, perfect. All faces are in the ring at the end. And they're all celebrating. And it's just one of those like show moments. They go, assuming this show started out on a bad note with that phone call with me and Chris. It's, it was it's a, it's, on a high. It, yeah, it's a fantastic show. There's not really much in this show that I, I could pick apart. Mm-hmm. Um. There are some there are some tidbits that I have tidbits. pulled out for you. I'm not gonna I'm, I'm never gonna change it. I know, it's and I'm t- gonna correct you every time. It's tit or nothing, Daniel. Tit or nothing. I agree. So, but it's a tidbit. So I'm I'm gonna admit to something now that's not gonna make me look terribly good because this is one of my fuck ups as a booker as well as the owner. So it's while so while Boar had to pull out, he's on the poster, so he had to pull out. I think it's within maybe. Two weeks of the show, perhaps somewhere there. Yeah. Um. He, he had like sci- a sort of sciatic pain, and he was he was just crippled with it. And I've had a bit of it, so I know just it. Yeah. Just, oh, it's horrendous. At the end, at the end of the day, uh, yeah. If, if you're suffering from that, not wrestling is the right call. Yeah. And he was wounded about having to miss the show because he wanted yeah. to be yeah, him and the scoundrels versus either yeah, the babyface team. Yeah. And uh, yeah, fan damage. Chris, he's on the poster, isn't he? Am I right? Yeah, yes. he's definitely on the poster. Um, so Van Damage, I knew he had some personal issues, some mental health issues. Um, I think he had some like sort of body dysmorphia as well, which for a guy that well built, you you'd never think he but yeah, it, it, it hits you'd be amazing. You can hit anyone. Sort of like, yeah. yeah, and again, sort of like you know, just 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 to sort of like you know, steal the micro moment, sort of like you know, mental you don't know what's what demon someone's going through on the inside, and sort of like you know, mental health is you know, these days more important than ever. You know, I, I for yeah. one, you know, as, as someone who suffers with mental health issues, uh, you know, again, you might not think it when I'm standing in a ring, sort of like, you know, giving it everything, big smiles, sort of like, you know, sort of like hyping everyone up. But there are times when I've been yeah. in, you know, on shows and not okay and sort of like, you know, it, it can hit anybody. Don't be, you should never yeah. ever be shocked that someone could suffer from something. It's like, you know, you can be the happiest person in the world. You can still be depressed. You can be one of yeah. the fittest looking people in the world. You can still have body dysmorphia. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, and yeah, he, he just Picking kind of... Back. Oh, um, say again, Chris. Back, yeah, I'd like to on what Dan said just. It's mental health is almost like a snowflake. Everyone is unique. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. There's no two uh, sides to it where both where no two cases are the same. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, so yeah, so Van Damage. Unfortunately, I, I, I never saw him again after that last show, Showdown Eight. Never saw him again. He, he just he's kind of stopped answering his phone, and yeah, it was just for whatever reason he just went went about his business and went about life and 
he's kind of done with, done with wrestling. So, yeah, it's a big shame, unfortunately. But So that, that was two people that had dropped out of the show. Now, the, again, I'm, I'm doing this podcast. I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to try and make myself sound better. Now, yeah. when, I, when I was booking this year, 2014, knowing that um, I was going to have tag teams in the tournament, I wanted to use Paul Malin and Joseph Connors as the Predators, as one of my tag teams. Yeah, they'd been very reliable for themselves, and I wanted, yeah, they were always very loyal to me, so I wanted to get them on board. Now, I'd booked them, I think it was at the very end of the previous year, so November, December. I said, this is what I'm doing, but your match won't come up until November. And they're like, all right, cool. Um, now, in, now between that November and the following November, they'd split up as a tag team everywhere. And because they're both vets and very professional, they didn't want to be tagging some places and against each other some places. Yeah, makes sense. Totally understandable. And no, yeah, that, that was like a hard and fast rule with with, yeah, with vets that they, they don't want to blur, yeah, blur those lines. And I was like, all right, cool. So to me, I thought they had dropped me. They had said like they wouldn't be able to do it because they'd split up everywhere. Right. And so I just kind of forgot about them. Um, it gets to the start of maybe October, September, October, somewhere there. And I get a message from from one of them and said, oh, yeah, mate, I'm, I'm still booked for November. No, I hadn't spoken to, to this, this person since the previous November. I hadn't had any interaction at all. And I'd seen that they split up everywhere. They were, they weren't going against each. Uh, they weren't tagging up anywhere. They were only ever against each other. And so I'd kind of forgot about them. And so when they'd messaged and said, "Oh, are we still on for November?" And I said, "Well, no, because you've split up everywhere." So and I'd not heard from you for like eight, nine, ten, eleven months. Yeah. No, I, I and it's not going to happen. And. You know, um, the, one of the two of them that was messaging wasn't very happy at that. They kind of took that to mean that I'd kind of like, I've been a bit shitty with him, I've been a bit of a shitty booker, things like that with him. Um, and yeah, that, you know, that, that that's on me. Yeah. That is on me. I, I, sh- I should have checked in. Phones do work both ways, but I am the owner, so that is on me. There's no two ways about it. And I shouldn't have assumed that because it's put up everywhere, I should have been in more contact. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they, they, they haven't been on a person for you show since. Now, in between that conversation, that would have been end of September, we've got all of October and half of November still to go. Now, had we have had time have played out better, knowing that Wild Bull wasn't going to be part of the show and knowing that Van Damage wasn't going to be part of the show, we could have just, just fit, fit, yeah, yeah, we could have slotted them in there, still used them and kept that friendship going. But unfortunately, you know, hindsight 2020 and timing and all that sort of thing yeah it's uh didn't work out exactly and again you, you, you learn these things sort of like you know like you say there's no there's no course you can take on how to become a promoter for a wrestling show and how to set up a promotion on how to manage kind of people like uh, how to manage wrestlers and bookings is that doesn't exist it's something you learn from someone or you learn on the fly yeah um you know and sort of like you know if you're learning from someone you're only getting that one point of view you know there's, there's probably sort of like you know you could probably put 20 promoters in a room and you'll probably find every single one of them does, some, does things differently. 
because no, no one ever teaches. No one ever, like you said, like no one ever teaches you how to be a promoter. No. You, you've just got to do it on the fly. You know, no one ever sits you down. Like I was like discouraged from being a promoter. I had things said to me like, "If you start that fucking company, I'll slit your throat." Stuff like that from yeah. rival rival promoters and things like that. So. Yeah, it's it's actively discouraged, and you just fly by the seam of your pants. And this yeah. is one of those learning curves. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll take that on the chin. I do think it's slightly unfair that no one had spoke to me for eight, nine, ten months, and then whatever. But then again, that's still on me. I'm, I'm the owner. The book yeah. stops at the top, so that's on me. Exactly, and, and again, like I say, sort of like you know, you, you learn these lessons, and sort of like you know, you take them, you take them forward, and yeah, the fact that you know you can say that that was a mistake that you know you made. Eight years ago, well, seven yeah. and a bit years ago, we're still going today. You know, sort of like still well thought of. There's, you know, you, know, you get. I mean, the amount. One thing I've noticed, sort of like, especially in the last, again, obviously, COVID years aside, sort of like the the amount of trainees and sort of like you know, sort of like very new up and coming people that come to the shows with no intent, like with no sort of like you know intention of wrestling. They're not there being booked to wrestling. They're like they come to sort of support, kind of like see, kind of like help out where they can and kind of get their kind of like their, their, their boots under the door has increased dramatically. Uh, and again, I don't know if that's something to, I don't know if that's kind of like, you know, universal around the industry or the fact that, you know, Pro Wrestling for you has such a good name in terms of being a good promotion, sort of like, you know, treating the wrestlers like sort of like, you know, well, sort of like, you know, treating them with respect and, and trying to kind of like be, a you know, something a bit different and sort of like people coming to see that or if it's you know or if it is like i say the industry and kind of like that's just becoming more and more of a norm but that to me is massively encouraging and sort of like yeah and i i don't know what it was like seven eight years ago but the fact that you're making those mistakes seven eight years ago and now there's more wrestlers coming to the shows and are actually on the roster pretty much every show yeah. i think i think speaks volumes yeah absolutely yeah. and um the one, the one last little tidbit I've, I've got for you, and I've, I've only just, yeah, I've only just clicked in when Chris showed me the DVD. With this being the first Holy Trinity show, this is the only show, if I ever, if I remember correctly, that is filmed on only one camera. So usually it alternates between the roaming camera that goes around the ring and the hard cam. Yeah, yeah, the, it's usually at the back of the room in the corner, whatever. It gets the wide shots, and obviously the the roaming camera. Uh, gets the the, the close-up, the muscles, the sweat, the noise, blah, 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 whatever. Now, this, yeah. this was filmed with two cameras, but for whatever reason, the camera up on the balcony in the Holy Trinity didn't record the 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 show. It just didn't. So whether someone had knocked it off or the battery was in charge, something. Yeah. So this, this entire show is filmed using just the roaming camera. Now, usually, with, sometimes with roaming cameras, they all kind of like put the camera down for a minute, give give their arms a rest. The guy that filmed it had no had no rest in him at all. Like he filmed it, not knowing the second camera wasn't like that, but it comes across absolutely perfect. Nice. So, yeah, saved saved our bacon a little bit there. Uh, have you got any more tidbits before we? Because that is the the last show of of this year of year four of the four shows. Oh, Chris has a tidbit. I do have. This is my first show working for the review where I was actually able to see the ring. Because for every other show, yeah. I can be happy. At this one, I was on stage and I managed to see, because obviously how Holy Trinity is planned yeah. out, I am on the stage doing the, the, the music at that point. So yeah, it was quite nice to be able to see the wrestling happen <laughs> in yeah. live action rather than going back and watching the show on the DVD. 
or through yeah. on demand, as Phil's already mentioned. Um, it was great to have Jesse Divide on. Jesse Divide guys on. So thank you, Phil, for that. Um, yeah, it was it was really interesting to watch it happen in real time rather than going back and going, what did I miss in the shows, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, this is where my transition changed from being the lighting guy to DJ. everything. <laughs> Did this um, this might be I could be wrong, but I remember there was a match graphic made up for the Rafflemania for November Rain. So it may have been the show before that, or it may, it may even have been this one. This might have been the first Rafflemania as we know it, because Kim had to talk me into it. I was like, fine, do it. I don't care. Just... <laughs> Now, obviously, it wasn't the you know, the free goodie bags and the, the terrible prize. It would have been, I think it was just free goodie bags and maybe a star prize of tickets to the next show, something like that. Or maybe, I, I don't remember, I'll be honest. But yeah, I remember there was a, there was a match graphic made up for Magic Mark and like free um, deal or no deal red boxes for, ref, for like the Rafflemania graphic. So, right. yeah. There you go. Yeah. So any, any more tidbits? Um. I'm very much relying on YouTube. So like I say, this is, I think I started seeing Pro Wrestling Few shows at the end of the next year, but it was literally, I think it might have been the very last show of the next year that I went and attended. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, I'll be honest. Um, I've done as much research as I can. Luckily, there's bits and pieces of, you know, there's, well, all the shows from this year, apart from yeah, that first showdown six, that's, yeah. It's online. Seven's intact. Eight's intact. November Rain's intact. So, um, so yeah. So I'm just very grateful that we got a, a decent camera crew that filmed it all in high res, and it's perfect. It's very watchable today. We've got Magic Mark doing the commentary for it all because that was relatively new towards the end of 2013. Four. Yeah, 13, 14. Yeah. Yeah. So just it's it's with a five match card. Mark on the commentary, high-res uh, images. Um, it's more the product that we know today. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, sort of like it's, and long may it continue. Um, you know, sort of like, thank you very much, uh, you two, for, for you know, chatting about this wonderful year of 2014. So what have, what have we got to come in the, in the next instalment? In the next instalment, uh, with, well, the next instalment myself, we'll be looking at 2015. So obviously, you know, the pattern of apparently the, the numbered year, more or less following how many events you put on continues. Because, uh, you know, year two, you put on two. Year three, you put on three. This being year four, you put on four. And in 2015, year five, you put on five shows, um, you know, which I absolutely love. We'll be looking at Pro and Fuse, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Titles, Sweet as Not, Battle Royale, and um, Phil's normal weekend uh, activity, A Night of Tinsel and Tights. Uh, I, I, I hate that show. Tinsel and Tights, <laughs> is, it's a painful one for me. There's very few shows I don't go back and rewatch. That's one of them. And there we go. And I'm sure we'll get into that next time. Uh, until then, thank you very much for listening, everybody. You can, of course, catch Pro Wrestling Fuse podcasts everywhere that good podcasts live. Um, I have been Daniel Terry. Thank you, Chris Moneypenny-Strawn and Phil Filthy Woodvine. Um, if you wish to get show tickets for the next show, should you happen to be local, please make sure you visit pw4u.co.uk. There you can get tickets for both the March 12 matinee and evening shows. There is also the contact page there, which has all the social media uh, channels, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Pro Wrestling for You On Demand, uh, and soon to be, I'm sure when it is updated very soon, the TikTok 
um that personal view you know I'm, I'm sure phil is loving being probably one of the oldest people on tiktok uh, it at least makes me feel young again. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how to work it. I'm just, I just keep showing, showing my, like, Katie, my girlfriend, I'm like, going, ah! like, I don't know what I'm doing. And, like, it looks bad because I'll be scrolling it. It'll just be like, there's this, like, doctor on there that just tells you really cool stuff. And then, like, you slide up and there's a girl just jiggling the boobs. And, like, I, I don't know this. I've not, I don't know who this is. Like, it's not my fault. It's just TikTok showing boobs. It's not my fault. And then I, I look like a randy old pervert. So, um, indeed. Well, from uh, one Randy old pervert to another, um, thank you very much for uh, sort of like you know uh, joining us for this this delve through pro wrestling for you's past. Uh, um, we'll be back next time. Until then, please take care. Take care. Thanks for listening. Check out Pro Wrestling For You on all social media platforms and stream our back catalogue of shows over at pw4uondemand.co.uk.